Wrestling Podcast, your one-stop shop for discussion and reviews about the vast world of professional wrestling. Each week, we pick some topics and shows to discuss from whatever promotion we feel like discussing that week. Mostly Pura, but we'll talk about a little bit of everything. I'm your host, TJ, better known as Aspir, and with me is my co-host and wife, Caitlin. What's up, guys? Uh, this week, we're going to talk about New Japan's uh, New Japan Cup up to this point, the DT TV show number seven, and the Noah show from this past weekend, the GHC National Tourney in general. And the Big Japan show from Sunday, which really excited to talk about that for sure, yes. but um, <laughs> not going to get into it yet. Yet, but uh, man, uh, wrestling's uh, going through one right now. It's kind of disgusting, but yeah, I'll save my other thoughts on it for um, a little bit later. But yeah, this week or however many days, whatever, however many weeks, I don't even know anymore. Uh, just really proves that. You know, don't act like you know who these people are because all you do is see them on TV. And it's just been really gross. But, I mean, I guess at the same time, it's hopefully weeding out some of these bad characters. All I know right now is I damn sure need this drink I'm drinking right yes. now after everything. And Ooh, between that and then it's fucking hot as balls in our apartment right now. And I'm You're dying. Hotter than, you're hotter than I am. Like we have like we don't have central air or anything. We pretty much just have like one AC unit in our living room. But we live kind of in a small apartment, so it's fine. Honestly, it's fine. Like pretty much any day, except for when it hits like nineties, and then it's just pain, and I hate it. <laughs> and then people like this hot weather, and I'm like, no, I hate it. I hate it. I, even if I wasn't living in here, I'd still hate it. But uh, we do anything exciting this weekend? Did we do anything exciting this weekend? I mean, we went home to see my mom and dad. That was basically the gist of it. Yeah, see, I'm still, like, not in favor of traveling if you can help it, but we had a good reason to, since yeah. she said it'll talk about it on Twitter. If you want to follow her, you probably saw all the stuff, but yeah, some stuff with her family. We wanted to go by and visit them and surprise her dad. <laughs> he was definitely surprised, too, I swear. I wish I recorded that when we drove by. Yeah, he was like, who the hell is that? That looks like Caitlyn. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what we all, we've been doing this week, and which meant we basically had to binge, like, all of this wrestling we've watched for the show, except for the early New Japan Cup stuff, but, I don't know, it's still fun. I enjoyed most of what we watched, anyway. Yeah, same here. I just hate having to do the whole binge thing. It just gets, it can get a little tiring, at least to me. I don't know, especially because... They weren't long shows, I guess. I guess that's a good thing. But still, overall, I'm like, 0 out of 10, would not recommend. Yeah, they were all pretty they pretty short. And it's other than the fucking uh, Bima Noah show on Sunday. But oh, we, we didn't watch always, all, all we yeah. watched is the title matches. So, yeah. yeah, I saw that and I was like, uh, hell no. <laughs> but, I don't know if you remember. What? Being the last. Oh. 
but hopefully, I mean, we'll be getting Noah without or with fans soon, so won't have to deal with it as bad. But they're still gonna be long as fuck, probably. So maybe it won't mind being as long once there's fans, but we'll see. Uh, I've been pretty much playing the same stuff. I think you have too, really. But we will be playing that uh Ring Fit Adventure soon. That finally got in stock somewhere. Yes, it took forever to get that stupid game. I actually saw, I think they put some more up today, so that means by the time that you hear this, it's definitely gone. It's probably gone now, because I saw it, like, I want to say, like, 20-so minutes ago. So, yeah, it's probably gone along with the Switches that they put up on Amazon, too. Yeah, that shit was gone, like, instantly. Like, she pretty much, she told, because it was, like... I told him it was, like, go, 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 get it. Yeah, like, I hopped on Amazon real quick and grabbed that shit. Like, cause we, we, I've been wanting that ever since quarantine started. We, yeah. like, when we went, like the last thing we pretty much did before uh, quarantine started was go pick up Animal Crossing for her. And while we were there, I was like, oh, let me see if they have uh, Ring Fit. And they're like, oh, nope, everything's sold. Even all the switches and everything. And it's still a hot ticket item. So if you see that shit on sale and you want to like yep. have a reason or have some, something to help you kind of stay in shape while we're all stuck at home. Well, most are a decent amount of us are still stuck at home. Definitely, I'd look into it. I'm, I'm really excited to try that out. But, uh, yeah, I haven't really been playing much other than fucking phone games. That's it, really. Yeah, phone games, Animal Crossing for me. Um, my mom gave me some dumbbells from home, so I use those today. So I'm excited to get back into having some weights until, you know, I get out of the 10-pound ones. But it'll work for me. That's what I wanted. Yeah, and shit's probably or seems to be opening up here soon so maybe we'll actually have our uh apartment gym but even then i'm a little iffy and if anyone walks if i go in there and i'm working out and anyone else walks in i'm leaving the fuck i'm not, I'm not working out with other people like i've seen people like that where places have been more opened up and they're like going to the gym like without masks and shit and i'm just like uh that that couldn't be me that's for fucking sure but uh oh that we've been uh actually even though we binged pretty much everything for the show we actually watched a lot of stuff that wasn't for the show at least touching me but we pretty much watched all the same chicks so if I watched the Ekaman produce and I you didn't watch that. Yeah, I caught a little bit of it from my couch. That was a, that was such a fucking stupid show. It was awesome. I loved it. Like like the first match was Ashino and Ekaman versus the Brahmins and the match like ended and restarted like four times. It was just, it was so stupid. And then um uh Tachibana ended up getting beat by this uh clown mask guy, Obake, like three times, and then eventually they had a real match, and it ended up being Ikemen. <laughs> and then another clown came out, and it ended up being Sakamoto. <laughs> so they had a tag match, which was uh, Tachibana... What was it? was Tachibana and Ref Kambayashi from Wrestle 1, and, or formerly of Wrestle 1, versus uh, Sekimoto and Kodama. Man, that ref... I, I did not expect to see uh, Ref Kambayashi wrestling. <laughs> that was amazing, especially him versus Sakamoto, and then Obviously, that match didn't last long, and then they had a real match against uh, with Koji Doi replacing Kamigashi, and that match was pretty good. I really enjoyed that a lot. And the main event was Ashino versus uh, Ikemen, which I love that match, but I'm a huge fucking mark for both guys, especially Ashino, so I probably like that match a lot more than most people did, but I thought it was really fucking great, so have something to look forward, or look or check out while you can. It's on uh, Nico Pro. And then we, we checked out that uh, DT Money in the Bag, and oh my, that, that was a mess. <laughs> But it's the best mess. I, I had a lot of fun with that show. Um, you know, the big highlight, I'm pretty sure you know where I'm going to go with that, is, well, actually, I just want to thank Harashima for doing, like, the best work in the world and pulling down um, 
into his trunks. But I mean, the man's prepared for that shit, so he knows it's coming. Well, it's like uh, when he was facing, I think it was when he was facing Higuchi. I don't know, what was it? After the Tanaka match, he had like his um, trunks like up because of by accident. Yeah. And people were mentioning like, oh, it's Tan down there. And he's like, yeah, I'm always prepared. Yeah. And well, yeah, he was clearly prepared on this uh, Money in the Back show too. And yeah, that show was just funny. Like, well, like one of my favorite parts was when they were going to the Shogi Channel's broadcast area and they were all trying to be quiet. Akito was like stealing food and eating it. But then they actually got into like the broadcast area and then Sakaguchi just started yelling and like kicking the shit out of Takashita. <laughs> oh, then they were like at a DJ uh, yeah, station. station. Yeah, hip hop yeah. station. And fucking Takagi like dancing. And it's Takagi was dancing and oh, she had like the sign for DT and was like kind of like acting like a fan, kind of. And I don't know. It was a really. Joker uh, Shuma. Yeah, Joker Shuma. Got new hair. It's all uh, pink, short pink hair now. But yeah, that was a, that was a really fun show. Hair. So I. I don't know if it's still up, but if it is, I'd definitely go check it out. I think it still is. I think uh, Hakusan said like today or yesterday that there's like three or four days left. Uh, okay. So I'll uh, probably drop a link in the description. So I'll definitely check that out. Or I, I think I retweeted it too on my account, so you can just find that or just go to DDT English. You'll, there's plenty of ways to find it. And then the uh, All Japan Broadcast 6.5 from uh, the 19th. I think I forgot to mention it on the show last week, but yeah, that was a fun little uh, four match card. Fun. Like. Fucking Akuma's like declaring war on Jake Lee because he's because he's too handsome or something, and he doesn't take it seriously because he was like yeah. in some women's magazine for like hot pro wrestlers, and he was saying like they were calling him Jake Sama and shit, and like oh it was, it was amazing. He's like biting the magazine. <laughs> it's just funny because it's like, do you not know who the leader of Infants is? The group that you're in, I'm like I'm pretty sure he's uh, you know pretty handsome. I'm like I, I think they all are. I thought it was just funny because it was like. Uh, Dan came out <laughs> and he got even more mad. Yeah, you, I guess he thought, I think he was oh, thinking, uh, yeah. I, I think he was thinking Dan had a, Donna had a, like a more pretty face. Mm-hmm. So I guess we know what Kuma's, um, taste is. And man, obviously it's not fucking Ashino because I thought, I think he's pretty handsome. I but I did, uh, translate his promo and then the, who else did I, oh, I translated, uh, Tachibana and, fuck, I already forgot the name. It's Yoshitatsu. I translated their shit, so. If you follow me, I'll randomly translate some all Japan, mostly in font shit. But and then that, and then the, um, fucking uh, they showed a little um, video of uh, Metsure making uh, Ome rice, but it ended up being Kodama rice. And uh, I think Aoy- he ended up giving it to Aoyagi, and he seemed to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I think Aoyagi uh, really liked that. That that part was that part was so fucking good. I love that shit. I love those two together, honestly. Um, I'm just waiting for, you know, Ashino to give the formal invite to Mensore to join Infants. Hello. Yeah, I, I really want Mensore to join Infants. Like, for one, they just need someone to take bosses anyway, so mm-hmm. Kodama doesn't have to do it all the time. But, yeah, either way, I, gotta, I think it's going to be a fun addition to Infants if they were actually end up doing it. But and the, uh, overall, that whole show was pretty fun to watch. I think it was mm-hmm. a little four-match show, pretty, kept it short. And we'll talk about it in the news, but some stuff came out of that, so. But, uh, we're gonna save the stuff everyone already knows about for last, so. Because that probably talk too much about it, so um, let me just get through the, um, the main news. Or not main news, but the, um, more digestible news, I guess. When I say that, but the first bit of news is that an NXT talent was tested positive. And I don't really, this does not feel like it happened last week, but because everything that's happened, but it feels like this was like last month when this 
uh, positive test happened, and uh, it's like, not only did the rest of the talent not find out until the rest of the world found out, but this news broke out on the same night as when Raw let fans into the building, at least a few, to watch with the NXT trainees, and uh, they were also refused to, they were not allowed to wear masks while they were there, because, uh, fuck, who was it? Someone, I think it was Pritchard was saying, oh, real fans don't wear masks or something. Oh, it was that little, uh, fucking weasel Kevin Dunn. And it's just insane to me. And it also came out that basically they weren't tested up until this point, really. They had the temperature check. They had, like, the temperature check and shit, but they never had COVID tests. And I'm like, how was how this allowed to keep going like that? Like, I know why, because they're fucking buddy-buddy with Trump mm-hmm. and the Florida yeah. governor. But it's just, like, it's just insane to me that Dota is, like, this level of incompetent with all this. And I don't even think they're incompetent because they are, I don't think they're, didn't do it because they're inco- I mean, they're incompetent. I think it's just because they didn't want to spend money on it, probably. I have a feeling um, a certain big shot owner, you know, Vince, probably doesn't even think about this shit being real or some dumb shit like that. Oh, that also, <laughs> that also reminds me. I still want to know the damn wrestler that said this was all a quote unquote work. I think we all know the answer to that. <laughs> if it wasn't him, it, he's, there's he, some other choices too. Yeah, say if it wasn't him, he definitely thinks it. He doesn't say it because there's plenty of people in that roster who probably think it and aren't, just aren't saying it. Uh, looking at you, uh, Forgotten Sons. I almost forgot their name. I, I forgot that they were on the roster. Uh, for, for now, but uh, well, they're, they're they're gonna keep their jobs. So I'm not, I'm not yeah, even worried about that. Uh. Next bit of news, uh, Stardom finally had their first show back in uh, Shinkiba on June 21st, which uh, it's up. they're uploading to uh, Stardom World throughout the week. I, mean, I mentioned it in the airings later in the show, but I just want to mention that. I think the main event's up at least so yeah, far. I'm not sure about anything else, but then they have uh, promos before the show, and uh, yeah, the TCS one kind of made me a little sad, but but yeah. And then uh, the big news coming out of that is that uh, Himika Arita formerly of Actress Girls, debuted for Stardom as the latest member of DDM, and that, that stable is too powerful, really. I guess. You know, I don't have to comment on that group. Yeah, I think pretty much everyone figured uh, Jumbo is going to end up there. So, kind of sucks she's going to be not in Actress Girls anymore, but she's getting paid now, or getting paid more, I guess I should say. And I think, she, I think she'll really be, do really good in Stardom. Like, she's... Definitely not the typical Stardom wrestler. Like she's larger, big, honest. like bigger wrestler, and she wrestles differently than Stardom girls. It's not even really like lucha style. Like her whole reason she's called Jumbo is because she's a fan of Jumbo Saruta. Like she's more like a hard hitting kind of girl. So I'm really excited for her in Stardom. So we'll see how she works with the rest of the roster. I know it took Julia a little bit to get accumulated. That's that's a bad word. Acclimated. That's the word I'm going yeah. for. Took her a little bit to get acclimated to the Stardom roster, but hopefully uh, Himika is able to pick it up a little quicker. But like I said, excited for her. Uh, new Japan has announced some new dates. We're going to have New Japan Road on July 20th in Corkin. Sengoku Lord in Nagoya on uh, July 25th. And then they're going to have Summer Struggle 2020, a little tour. It's going to have uh, yeah. July 27th in Corkin, July 31st in Corkin. July 26th in Cork, and I probably I misordered these, but and then uh, 29th in Hamamitsu. So got a good little tour going through them. See, I think they, yeah, these are all gonna have fans, so I don't worry about that. But all Japan also announced some dates. Uh, 
July 13th in Chikiba, uh, July 18th in Chiba, and then July 25th in Corkin, which probably going to have a big title match on that, I think. We'll see, I guess, but I think we're going to have, uh, I think my boy going to win, uh, I think my boy going to win a belt. We'll talk about that, or I guess it's, we'll talk about that in a little bit, I guess, but uh, for uh, Dragon Gate news, Kobe World has been postponed, which I'm not gonna really surprised. There's no point in doing it when it was normally scheduled because I don't even know if they would have been run with fans. So I don't. I think they put out a full schedule at least up until like September, but I didn't really notice. So I don't know when exactly it's gonna be making tape or not making tape, but it happening. So either way, I'm excited. I'm glad they're waiting until they're gonna have a hopefully have a big fan presence there for their big show of the year. Uh, Big Japan's gonna be running a doubleheader at Corican with fans finally on uh, July 12th and 14th, I think. I did not grab the second date, but July tw- or July 12th and then whatever other date. Man, my notes are a mess today. <laughs> uh, Dragon Gate's running again uh, July 4th and 5th, which has some uh, Mister Mystery uh, Mystery uh, partners. And pretty much everyone's pretty much convinced that Shuji Kondo is going <laughs> to finally, re- well, not return because he's been in Dragon Gate since even before Wrestle 1 closed. But maybe it'll be him uh, coming back to Dragon Gate, not as full time, but at least as a major roster member. So if that is him, I'm pretty excited about that. Oscar Pro are going to run a little tournament called uh, Best of Asuka with the first round on July 22nd. Yusuke Kodama over Zika Man, which that's, that's, be, that's probably going to be fucking silly. I'm excited for that. Uh, Minoru Tanaka versus Tatsuya Hanami, which I'm excited for that too, because I love Hanami fucking rules. Uh, Roshi Yamada versus Akiori Takizawa, that should be pretty good. And then uh, Shin Suzuki versus Koji Doi, which if he hadn't been a part of the Ikemen produce that, would, that was originally Koji Doi's orig- first uh, scheduled booking since Wrestle 1, but he showed up with the Wrestle or the Ikemen produce, so that ended up being his first one, but I'm interested to see where he ends up. He seems like he's going to be freelance, bouncing around places, which that's fine. As long as he gets paid, because I know he's got a family. Uh, and then the semifinals from that tournament are going to be on August 28th, and then the finals going to be on September 30th. So that's a long ass tournament. Like I know, like I know they don't run a whole lot of shows, but that's still fucking uh, July to September. Yeah. I was just thinking the same thing when you said the dates. I was like. They're doing it like once for each, you know, three months. That's that's a pretty drawn out tournament. But I get it. Yeah. And then uh, J Stage is finally coming back on July fifth to uh, for a show at Basement Monster, which I'm hyped for. I love I love watching J Stage shit. So hopefully we can uh, get back to them running monthly. So get some Nico shows going with J Stage. This uh, show is actually like co promoted with Nico Pro, which they seem to be doing more lately, like Nico Pro. Like the Hideki Suzuki produce yeah. and the uh, Makoto produce and shit like that. So it's interesting seeing Nika Pro get more invested into wrestling, like not even just streaming, but promoting, kind of. And uh, I think I hinted at it a little bit earlier, but uh, Yoshitatsu and Seiko Tachibana are set to challenge for the All Asia Tag Titles on June 25th. And I'm really, I'm really hyped for them. That match is gonna be, I think it's gonna be really great. And I love the story behind this is that Yoshitatsu always wanted to be a Yankee since he was a kid, but he couldn't because his dad was a teacher and he didn't want to disappoint his dad. But uh, 
He was thinking, like, if he doesn't take this chance, he'll regret it when he dies. So, basically going to have a battle of two Yankee teams wrestling for the All-Age Tag title. So, they'll be hyped for that. Feels like every week we're coming on here and saying a new promotion coming to IWTV. And this, this match ain't much different, or this show ain't much different. Because Battle Arts is returning, or not returning, but coming to IWTV. And honestly, this is kind of getting me more on board for IWTV. I've yeah. kind of been leaning towards it anyway, but... Yeah. I always, I, I haven't watched any battle arts myself, but I always hear people talking about how great it was, and I, I definitely, that. I definitely want to check this out. So, yeah, I might end up subbing to IWTV after all, <laughs> after all, finally. Um, Wait, we forgot some news. What? New Japan is going to start having a Friday show. Um, it, I'm sure everyone heard about it, but it's going to be the uh, Lions Break Collision. I don't. I don't know when it started. I didn't look at the website or anything, but just know we got some filthy Tom Lawler on there. The other people I don't really know. So, yeah, it's something to look forward to, I guess, on Fridays. I think it might be this Friday, or if it's Is not it? this Friday, it's next Friday. But I, I don't know for sure. I but yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they, but I don't know if they've actually uh, like set a date yet. So I don't know. But yeah, I, yeah, it's July third. Oh, July third is when yeah, it starts. So. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Is that Eastern? Eastern, yeah. Okay, that, that kind of oh, sucks, yeah. but that's, that's, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like the time. But oh well. Either way, I still get some uh, New Japan from uh, the LA Dojo. That's gonna be interesting. I don't like. I know they had it the LA Dojo and like the, the Shibata documentary and stuff, but I haven't really seen what it looks like, and it's be interesting to see how it is. Yeah. But you know, I think actually, I think oh. now that I'm thinking about it, I remember seeing it's actually at a venue. I think. I have no clue. But yeah, I've, I've got no idea. Either way. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, it's been news. Uh, Mayu Iwatani confirmed with Tokyo Sports that she was going to face Hanakamura for the Red Belt in Edward before the virus hit, and obviously because of the virus, or because of Hana's passing. And yeah, that kind of sucks, especially reading after, uh, like, I, didn't, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier. I was kind of like really fucking sad about Hana all of a sudden last night. And, kind of still dealing with that, and this kind of didn't help read that this morning, but, I don't know. It look, it does make me happy that like, they kind of were obviously going to try and push her to the moon this year. Obviously, I saw a lot in her, which everyone, I think everyone did, really, but either way, it's like, she was talking about that, and then, didn't you say she was some, talking about something like she didn't know, or something about who wasn't, she wasn't leader of stars or something? But, I think that's all of our, oh, and actually, there's one more bit of pro news. Uh, Daichi Hashimoto will defend the Big Japan Strong title on July 24th against Yasufumi Nakanoe. And uh, on the same show, uh, Shunma Katsumata is going to finally make his debut for Big Japan, which was postponed because of COVID. So, definitely excited for that. Now, are we going to get Shunma or are we getting Joker Shunma? If he's showing up there, he better be Joker Shunma. But not like it really matters because any Shunma is awesome. I think it was originally supposed to be a death match, so I'm assuming we're gonna get Joker Shuma. Oh, yeah. But that's it for pro news, and uh, let's talk about the good uh, wrestling or Western wrestling news first. <laughs> and the start off aggressive. start off with this is uh, Undertaker retiring Thank finally, God. even though I'll oh, I'll believe it when I see it. Oh, he'll come back. I, for a paycheck. I think he's gonna come back. Probably we'll see, but. He'll probably at least come back for, like, one more WrestleMania, I think. But that's about it. Because they'll probably have to pay him really good. But, uh... 
someone's telling me like if you watch the Undertaker um, documentary, it kind of makes it hint that he actually might be retiring for good. I really but I I don't care enough to watch yeah, that documentary. So yeah, but they finally they can stop having to rely on him or not rely on him, but depend on him to draw a draw. But they think he draws anyway, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. And then uh, some other good news: uh, Ricky Starks and Abaddon signed with AEW. Mostly Ricky Starks. I like, I don't have a problem with Abaddon. Abaddon, I don't really know. Like, yeah, I don't know much about yeah, her. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's good it's for her, good. obviously. It's good because they need more people, but it's like, I don't... Like, they definitely need more women, like... Yeah, oh, that's for them. That's what I meant, not I, people. Like, they I can't remember if we people. mentioned it, that uh, Chris Statlander got injured and is basically going to be out for a while now. Pretty, probably a year. Probably, it's definitely like, ACL tear or yeah, something like that, so... That's, that's guaranteed, a year. So, good they're signing some more women. And I I love Ricky Starks. He's a really good. He's a really great wrestler. So I don't think his match with Cody was that good. Like it was it was good. It was probably Cody's best one, but that doesn't say much because he's only had like three fucking matches with this. Yeah, I love the video package they had for him before the match, and uh, that was sick. I thought his presentation as a whole was really well done. So I'm gonna props for that. Not the only thing I'm gonna really give AEW props for right now, but <laughs> and uh, getting into that. Uh, if you, unless you've been living in Iraq, you know what's going on in uh, the world of wrestling right now, and it's just a complete fucking shit show. And it's, I think it's kind of something we all knew was happening, but it's just fully out in the open now, yeah. and it's just completely showing your ass. Like, uh, let's start off where it began, I guess. Um, <laughs> the whole catalyst. And pretty, mu- pretty much what started it was David Starr got outed as an abuser and uh, allegedly and a rapist as well. Which opened up the floodgates of women and men coming forward with stories of assault and abuse from people within the wrestling industry. It it started off pretty much confined to uh, Brit rest, but then it kind of by the week yeah by the weekend it kind of got fully like this was like Thursday I think when Star happened. Going on yeah at least since Thursday. Yeah, it's like from then it like just snowballed and it's like honestly it feels like every like wrestling as a whole at least Western wrestling has been affected by this now. Yeah, and it's just. And the, the shit with Star was just disgusting. Yeah. And, like, for one, mm. one of the things he was saying, like, because one of the things he's accused of with rape, but he was trying to, like, in DMs with the girl, was saying, basically much saying, like, the Aziz sorry shit, saying, like, oh, for a relationship, I can't rape you, pretty much, kind of thing. And I'm like, uh. like, I, I hate that shit. Like, you can, you if, can if you're, if, yeah, you can rape someone if you're in a relationship. Yeah. Like, if someone says no and you uh, have sex with them, it's rape, regardless of whether you're, like, married or dating or what have you yeah i mean his stuff was just hard because then you kept seeing him tweet he kept tweeting they just kind of kept saying oh i'm not this i'm not that i'm like it doesn't matter if you classify yourself as you know an abuser or you know some kind of sex pest like your action showed that you definitely are a piece of shit you're just you're you're all of that and that's that was another thing that made me mad i'm like his apology, you know, kind of made it, like, boo-hoo for me, whatever, da 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 da, da. So, I, I'm just, yeah, it's a lot. Well, even in his apology, he was saying, like, oh, well, I was a bad person, but I'm she wasn't sick. any angel either, basically. Yeah. And it's like, ugh. And pretty much he, like, I think, almost immediately he, like, got dropped by OTT and uh, RevPro. At least, like, Forced her language to titles and stuff, and 
speaking of like you were talking about, he was tweeting through it. He fucking promoted a tweet of him be, not that being ready. Like, like that was the worst fucking thing. Like he was. I ever. I, saw. I can't believe he was. Think. I mean, I guess I can't believe it, but God, he's just so fucking stupid on how he dealt with it. Like, what's there to say about it? Yeah, I was like, with the whole promote thing, is like he promoted one of the tweets and then you know later on deleted his account. Not that much longer. So I was like, what was the fucking point? Imagine you're on Twitter and you see someone promoting a fucking tweet saying, oh, I'm not this, I'm not that. You're like, what the hell is going on? But it's just like, it's a whole disaster. (laughs) I mean, I guess right now, you know, it's just really tough reading a lot of these stories, at least for me. I know I'm going through it. I'm just like, oh my God, this is really, this is tough shit. But it's like, the only thing I can really think of is like, I hope, I hope this changes the industry and how everything goes, but I'll keep, I'll, I'll hold my breath on that, but I can only hope for more positive things coming from all these stories coming out. Yeah. Hopefully uh, with all this stuff happening, like things start to change in the wrestling industry, but I forgive me if I don't really have a lot of hope for it, mm-hmm. especially considering like more, like one of the promotions probably been hit hardest by it is progress. And like progress. they were the most fucking tone depth. Deaf were, company yeah, they were at first. Anyway. They're kind of tone yeah, anyway, tone deaf anyway. Like for one, like I think um, someone kept brought it up. Like they didn't tweet about like the Black Lives Matter shit until like a week or two after everything started, and then they basically asked a black talent to ghostwrite the fucking tweet for them. And now, like with everything that's happened, a lot of like basically all their top management left the company, and now they have like uh, Vicky Haskins. Uh, OJ, uh, Michael Oku, and then a few other people I don't really know. Someone was telling me, like, one of the girls that it gets, like, two women and then Oku and then someone else. And it seemed like they were going in the right direction, but then Oku, like, one of the guys that was accused of rape, like, uh, posted screenshots of, like, a group chat he was in with Oku where he was saying, like, the F word and not fuck the, the other F word, obviously. But, so... Pretty much, the, and that was like within like a couple hours of Oku getting announced as part of that, and I don't know. Progress is basically imploding, and pretty much all of Brett Rest is imploding, to be honest. Yeah, I was gonna say if Brett Rest already wasn't, you know, pretty much, I don't want to say slowly dying because I think it kind of died. I don't want to say it died, but whatever. I I think this is a huge catalyst for it to kind of, you know. I mean, I hope there's enough to there's enough talent to replenish it somehow. But it's just like it's so hard with basically just about all of these accusations coming out coming from over there. I'm just like, it's gonna be really tough. Yeah, leave it to uh, Brit Rest becoming pretty much exposed, being full of like rapists and abusers for Pete Dunne to end up being looking like the good guy. I know. Like, I, like I'm not like I'm not I him, I'm not surprised. But... Done is like coming out for like in favor, not in favor, but you know what I mean. Like he's trying to better the community and Brit Rest. Yeah. Like, I still think he's a fucking bootlicker, but at least he's like trying. He's trying. He's, he's trying to do good for the community. Yeah, he's trying to do good for the wrestling community. Whether you believe he knew anything about what was happening, like it's hard. Honestly, it's hard to tell who knew what, and it's kind of impossible to prove anything. But I'll, I'll give Dunn some credit. He's trying to help. It seems like he's trying to help, and a lot of these other guys are too. Like even with the Oku shit, I think when he posted like the screenshots, he was trying to help out someone who was a- accusing a rapist or, a- or accusing someone of rape. 
And he was like, yeah, I know this group chat will probably make me look bad too, but I think it's more important to uh, help pro- like help this person prove or have more evidence towards their, against their rape, the accused rapist. But And then you got fucking NXT UK is just fucking oh, showing its whole ad. Like, like, uh, let's see who who was Legero, <clears throat> which yeah, I've like people have been oh, coming shit, out really really hard about him, and it's yeah. it's it's really gross what he's been he was the stories that coming out of him, and then uh fuck what's his name uh Jordan Devlin he got accused of a bunch of shit, and I'll I'll, I'll bring up him later <laughs> or Jordan Devlin later when I'm talking about a certain somebody, but. Yeah, it's like he's getting accused of stuff. Uh, Travis Banks was with his relationship with Millie McKenzie, and like, like his statement was such stu- so, such ass. And then Millie came out of the like she was Fuck like you. as soon as Travis posted That's something about it, girl. Millie was like right on his neck, and and good for her. Like, and uh, I think. That's like the main Brit rest people that I can think of. Like, there's been so many. There's like, some it's, others, and yeah. Like, we're not big on their. We don't follow the Brit wrestling. So, like, a lot of these people I that see are. see the names, and I'm just like, I don't know who that is, but it's like, I see it a lot. And yeah. Like, so, you're a piece of shit. It's a lot just, of trainers, a lot, a lot of, of trainers, yeah. It's like, promoters. it seems yeah, like it's like. Promoters. It just seems no, like the, the culture. Like, it's in wrestling in general, but it seems like it's more ingrained in Brit wrestling, as yeah, far as like stories that have come out. Really weird. With like, a bunch of like trainers and promoters taking advantage of wrestlers and trainees. And it's, it's all of gross and then, yeah. but before I even talk about like the, uh, cause obviously it's not just Brit Rest, it's, it's there's, the the, the, yeah, there's the American stuff happening. There's, there's a ton of shit in like Southeast Asia. I've seen like oh, RPW, seen that, SPW yeah. and, yeah. uh, that, like, it's just all, all it's all, gross. it's all gross. And, but I just wanted to point a little, um, focus on, uh, Mr. Uh, William Ospreay. And like he he hasn't done anything as far as we're aware, at least like like uh, rape, uh, sexual abuse, stuff like that. Seems like most of his stuff is like a, a, accused moron. accused of. Is one he's one he's just a fucking moron. Like he like um if you didn't hear like it was, it was a couple years ago, one of his buddies got accused of rape by Scott a Wayne yeah Scott <laughs> Wainwright yeah he got accused of uh, being a rapist, Sorry. and pretty much Osprey immediately posted on Twitter saying no this is fake stuff and. All this kind of like he do the tweet. He got called out about that at that time. I remember seeing stuff about that. But of course, with everything coming up, people dug that back up, and finally he decided to like, issue an apology to the girl. But at the same time, he basically made it all about himself, about how he's a good guy, he's one of the good ones, and all the good he's done, and also brought up his his own trauma, which obviously. Like, Which, yeah, yeah, it's like, like, yeah. like I'm like I'm I, I, I feel bad for him going through his trauma, but it's like issuing an apology and then making it all about you is kind of defeats the purpose. And then he still al- never apologized to Pauliana. Yeah, and then he also like was saying, "Oh, he shouldn't have been so quick to jump to his friend's aid." But then he was literally liking Jordan Devlin's yeah. fucking statement about him him not being a rapist or an abuser or whatever. So it's like you kind of delete defeat the purpose, but uh. He's not the only person where their Twitter lights kind of got them, exposed them for not being real true about their uh, apologies. But yeah, pretty much Osprey just shoved his whole foot in his ass, or not his ass, in his mouth, whatever. Same yeah, difference. Same thing. He fucked up. He could probably do that though. <laughs> but and then look, before we move on to what like American wrestling and stuff, it's like 
I don't know why people are so adamant that DHJ makes a statement. Like, uh... like part of the thing is like he was like people have been putting out all these lists and shit about abusers and stuff and one which yeah I don't I don't think the lists are worth I, with yeah I don't think the lists are really worth, worth it. I think it's more important to like read each uh each uh, each victim's accusations individually rather than making a whole big list of people and especially because like I think they had cheaters on there at the same level as like rapists and it's yeah, like yeah some it's, cheaters you know shit like that which I'm like it's an like obviously it's all thing. bad yeah. yeah I was gonna say cheating is an asshole thing but it's not on the same level as you know sexual abuse any kind of mental abuse stuff like that you know uh, rape whatever it's it's not on the same level. So it's unfair to try and group these same people together. So that's why I don't look at the list. And if any of the um, victims have said, "Oh yeah, don't don't look at any of these," then I don't take it for for any words, unless you know it's coming from them. Especially the ones that don't even like say what they did, just that they have their name on the list. Like I, that's what I don't. I, like. I don't like. For example, Zach. Like we're talking. Like he hasn't made a statement about anything, but he was supposedly on one of these lists. But. And no, no one said what he did wrong, and I'd like to kind of know what he's alleged of doing before I like write him off. Yeah. Same for like Chris Hero is on that list. Trevor Lee, I still have no idea what he, Trevor Lee supposedly did. Chris, I think. Like I, I think Chris was something about cheating something or something. About serial cheating. Yeah. Which yeah, obviously that's it's that's so fucking shitty. Like but it's like. Yeah. It's, like, okay. So yeah, I'd, I'd rather Man. just um, <laughs> read each each person's accusations from the victim themselves or by someone who posted their. Like someone that puts it anonymously through someone else, but I think it's more important to listen to their stories rather than just read off a list. It's like, yeah. but anyway. Oh, the West. Finally, we get to um, American stuff, and uh, there's a bunch of a bunch of shit with that too. Like uh, one of the Chris Bros was it sounds like a piece of tech shit, and seemed like even Impact was tired of him, but he hasn't been released just because it would have been bad PR to release someone during a during the um, pandemic. Obviously. Probably gonna happen now, but yeah, it's got him, got a uh, Matt Riddle being accused of a bunch of stuff, and people constantly like. I feel I really feel bad for the girl that's accusing him of stuff because mm-hmm. she's getting harassed so badly, and it's it's gross. Whenever like, whenever you accuse someone that's I guess like a semi high profile star like Matt Riddle, you know everyone knew him on the Indies, you know everyone knows him in NXT, SmackDown, whatever the fuck. So I do feel really bad for um for Candy. I'm just like, of course they're not gonna believe her because that's what social media is always like. Oh yeah, you know, da 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 da. And I'm like, she has plenty of evidence to back it up. And I mean, I've seen other people bring up shit where it doesn't have to do with Candy, but he's still you know being a piece of shit to them. So I'm just like, when will it ever really truly be believed? Yeah, then I think uh, Meltzer was saying Dodo knew about these accusations yeah. like two years ago, which is basically when he got signed. So it's like they obviously didn't give a shit about him. So I don't expect them to really do anything about Matt unless he gets charged with anything, which I'll honestly I'll be surprised if he gets charged because it's the U.S. But and and more is Dodo related, but not you Western as I uh, well it's Western I guess. But uh, Jack Gallagher got fired from Dodo because of accusations that came up with him and. Fucking uh, Drew Parker was basically telling him, "Was like, yeah, you're not fucking coming to Japan." <laughs> I'm just, pretty much like, "Yeah, I'm gonna. You're not coming to Japan. Fuck you. You're, we're not letting you in." So I don't know what how much swing he's gonna have with other Japanese promotions, but I think he's definitely got enough sway with Big Japan not to let him. Yeah. But I wouldn't expect Jack to go to 
big Japan anyway, but no. still, like, <laughs> obviously it's good sentiment. I think I think Chris Brooks probably feels the same way. Yeah. But, and back to Matt, though, it's like, bro, please get a better lawyer. Like, he, okay. His, yeah, his his lawyer printed off a statement and posted it on Twitter, but it was on, like, a sticker label sheet. Deleted that. Went to print it again. This time it was on, like, a CD cover sheet. Finally, he found some actual paper and printed it off, and I think people are going through his tweets, and it seems like he's just, like, an NXT fan, and I'm like, because he goes to, like, a lot of the shows and shit, and it's just like, could you not find a better lawyer, Matt? Like, it's, it's so stupid, but it's Matt Riddle. He's not exactly the smartest guy to begin with, obviously, considering everything that's happening with him. Then, uh, Joey Ryan's pretty much fucking done. Like, he's, his company, uh, Bar Wrestling, got shut down. I think WrestleCon's basically, like, High Spots Network's basically fucking completely done with him. Impact has been noticeably quiet about his allegations, but yeah, Joey Ryan's uh, yeah, his his shit in particular is really fucking it's it's it's, it's really gross and it's, hard to read. It, it's really hard to read and it's just honestly it's impossible to know who knew and who didn't know. But it's I don't know like obviously people are denying that they knew anything about what Joey did, but some people are harder to believe that they didn't know than others, considering how much they were involved with him and how much they worked with him and. Yeah, I think uh gonna be no more dick flips anymore. Which I absolutely don't mind. I don't care because he was nowhere near my favorite. So, I mean, whatever. I just feel really bad for the victims because I know this has to be extremely um difficult to bring up these stories again. But just like everybody else, you know, same thing. It's just... Joey's have just been extremely, like... I don't want to say, like, super graphic. But it's just enough to make you just feel really gross by everything that he's done. I I hope he's running himself out of the fucking country because, honestly, I never want to see him have anything to do with the wrestling industry, business, any kind of promotion ever fucking again. And then you got Jim Cornette and his wife who are apparently grooming people and for back in, like, FCW days and all that shit. And obviously he's denying it, but fucking... Jim Cornette's a sack of shit anyway. I don't know yeah, why people still, say, still people like listen to his bullshit anyway. But this shit just like topped it off, and then bastard's fucking gonna say um, bring up Hana as his, part of his defense on why he shouldn't be bullied for being a fucking groomer. And I'm like, I'm I'm so fucking tired of people using Hana's death to their own means. It's 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 sickening, honestly. And uh, especially for him to fucking use that. Yeah, especially for fucking him, like. You have no reason or right to fucking even say Hana's name. Just, just fucking stop. You fucking piece of shit. Him and his wife, so. Uh, I, I hate even the thought of Cornette, to be honest. And then, uh, been plenty of rumors ever since we really got into wrestling, or, like, into more indie wrestling. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, Marty Squirrel's kind of always been a topic as far as being a creep oh, yeah. and, uh, Always being like, always a ton of rumors about him let being like really into underage women and stuff like that and hooking up with them. And finally today, some uh, actual an actual accusation came up light, and uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how he and both him and ROH deal with this. But it's I, I figured it was only a matter of time before finally someone said something about Marty given this entire weekend, and I won't be surprised if this kind of just opens up the floodgates on him. 
Yeah, like he said, um, there's always been the whole rumors with Marty being, you know, pedophile or liking underage women, whatever, and other shit, but basically pedophilia. So it's like, I'm not surprised that we finally saw someone come out against him. I'm glad they, you know, I'm glad they did. I'm glad that they were, um, you know, brave enough to put it out there. Because, you know, Marty is, again, one of those big guys that everyone likes. So, you know, people are going to be assholes about it. Um, I am curious to see what happens. To see if anyone else comes out. But that, honestly, her story alone was was enough to fucking make me kind of sick to my stomach, too. So, I guess, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, the fucked up thing about it is, I honestly, I don't think ROH is going to drop him. No. Like, unless a ton more people come out against him, I, just off this one story, I, I don't, I don't think ROH is going to do anything, which is sad. But, uh, obviously there's plenty of more people we can talk about. We don't want to go too into, honestly, we're already going longer about this than mm-hmm. I thought we were going to, but I'd be remiss to talk about, uh, not talk about Mr. Sammy Rivera, who, they, uh, uh, they dug up a podcast he was on from like 2016 where he pretty much said that he wanted to rape Sasha Banks and is rightfully getting dragged for it. People, uh, I don't want to talk about the defense. People are fucking stupid, but it's like, I'm sure you all have seen the yeah, defense, There's, there's plenty of defenses about bullshit, it. So and it's like, all of them are stupid. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, you, like, it's I don't not know. a joke. It's you not a joke. Yeah. You, joke. you literally don't joke about rape. I hate, that's another fucking excuse that I've seen. I'm like, there, there's no rape jokes. That's not something that's fucking funny. Like, if you think she's pretty, that's one thing. But it's like, the fucking say that shit? You know what you were fucking saying. Fucking 22 years old. Like, that's a college, typical college graduate um, age. Like, you're not fucking, like, 14. You, you know what the hell you're saying. I just, everything about his situation just made me mad. But, you know. And I think I've seen some people say, not necessarily an excuse, but at least context of it, that he's like, the podcast like some edgy, edgy yeah, yeah, bullshit. Yeah. And it's sure like, he always, he was just trying to fit in with them to, but, but it's like, it's, he still said it. I don't really give a fuck if he's trying to fit in. He still said it. I meant to bring that up too. And, yeah, the podcast is fucking shit. But yeah, it's just like, and uh, surprisingly, AEW actually did something about it. Like, and they, uh, just before we record, started recording, they announced that he will be suspended. They didn't give a time frame or anything, but that he's going to be suspended without pay, and his pay is actually going to be donated to the uh, Jacksonville Women's Center, which is good. And he's going to take sensitivity training and all that, and then after that, they're going to reevaluate his uh, employment with the company. So, cons- like, we didn't even bring it up that Jimmy Havoc, like, his shit, oh his shit was God. fucking gross, and basically, the, he like, he basically got a slap on the wrist for it. He's going to therapy for his rape accusations, because apparently you can go to therapy for rape, for raping someone. And that'll fix everything, but at least Sammy Guevara, at least, is actually getting a little bit of a punishment, and, like, I don't know. I don't know what to say about his thing, and then Sasha, actually, yeah, she did reach out to Sasha, apparently, and they talked, and I, I wish people would stop saying she forgave him, because she, she didn't, she, she said literally said, she, she never said in the statement that she forgave him. Yeah, I'm like, I really wish people would stop trying to put words in her mouth because literally in the statement, it says nothing about forgiveness. She just went over, you know, they talk, all that good shit. Didn't say anything about forgiveness. So, again, she has, she, 
<laughs> she's honestly a much nicer person than I would be in this situation, but that's how she is. That's how I've known her to be. So I'm happy that, you know, that's how she decided to deal with it. Uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to fuck with Sammy anymore, but that's just it. It's, it's whatever. <laughs> Well, the thing with Sammy too is like, His is I, I I think he would have skated through this whole thing because he like, he didn't actually get accused of anything. He just made a quote unquote joke, which it's not really just a joke, but you know what I mean. He didn't actually get accused of rape like Jimmy Havoc did. That's what some people were saying. But it's like at the same time, literally right before he posted his uh, apology on Twitter, he liked you could check his likes and he fucking liked some shit. It was basically calling it all bullshit. And oh, that, he liked it. He liked it, but it, screenshots live forever, so <laughs> and it's whatever. But it's like, he basically proved that his apology was fake before he posted it. And it's just, if he, if he wouldn't have done that, I think people would have been willing to forgive him. I think some people still are going to be willing to forgive him. But I think a lot more people would be willing to forgive him if he hadn't, if he just kept his mouth shut, forgave, or put out the apology, and then shut the fuck up. But now he had to go in like that tweet because he's a fucking idiot. But that's it for all that. Thanks for, like, let's get into some other stuff, I guess, and get into the main portion of the show. Let's go through what's uh, airing this week. Noah aired live on Russell Universe on June 20th. DT aired live on Russell Universe on June 20th. Ice Ribbon from June 13th aired live on or aired on Samurai on June 20th. Just Tap Out aired live on Samurai on June 20th, though. I don't know if that's actually the case, because I haven't seen that show drop anywhere. <laughs> but I saw it on the schedule, so I'm going with it. Uh, GCW aired live on Fight TV on June 20th, which we were going to talk, not talk about, but we're at least going to watch, but we never we didn't get the chance to, because we were back home and didn't really have, we were more trying to spend time with family rather than worry about all that. Uh, Tokyo Joshi aired live on Russell Universe on June 20th. Ice Ribbon, I already said that, what the fuck, I've been there twice. Uh, Dragon Gate aired live on Dragon Gate Network on June 20th, and yeah, it's like a million shows that aired live on January yeah. 20th, like, a eh, bunch of shit. And Noah aired live on Abima June 21st, Big Japan aired live on Samurai June 21st, uh, New Japan airs live on New Japan World June 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. All Japan's going to air live on All Japan TV on June 25th, which we already talked about some of that, but it's going to be uh, Udamaro, Izanagi, and Zeus versus Rising Hayato, Atsuki, Aoyagi, and Takao Mori, Dan Tamura versus Jun Akiyama, Yusuke Kodama and Black Mentare versus Hikaru Sato and Koji Yomoto, Kumo Arashi versus Hokuto Mori, going after more uh, Ikeman, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Got to go to all the pretty boys That's in right. All Japan. Uh, uh, Francisco Ak Akira, Jiro Kuroshio, and Kento Miyahara versus... Yusuke Okada, Shuji Chikawa, and Suwama. Yeah, that's definitely going to be fun. Just hearing that, hearing that team alone, I'm just like, that just sounds amazing to me. <laughs> Tajiri versus Jake Lee again, for some reason. Uh, all Asia Tag Team title match. Yuko Miyamoto and Isami Kodaka defending against Shego Tachibana and Yoshitatsu. And Shotaro Oshino versus Yuma Aoyagi. It's going to be Oshino's first title match. Or not title match. His first singles <laughs> match. What, what title is he going for? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, his first singles match in All Japan, and it's also going to be basically pretty much a number one contendership match because Swan was basically like, y'all fight over it, and then whoever wins, I'll face you, I guess. As I mentioned earlier, Stardom had a show on June 21st, which will get uploaded to Stardom World. Like I said, main event's already up, but throughout the week, it'll upload all the other stuff, but it's going to air live on Samurai on 
June 27th, or not air live, but it's going to air on June 27th as well. Dragon Gate's going to air live on Dragon Gate Network June 26th and 27th. The card for the 27th is going to be uh, Kagetora versus Takito Kame. Keisuke Okuda and Jason Lee versus Kaito Ishida and Hyo. Ultimate Dragon and Genki Hiroguchi versus, or, and Ryo Saito versus Yamato, KZ, and Strong Machine J. Then June 28th is going to be uh, Nurugido and Genki Hiroguchi versus KZ and Jimmy. Yamato and UT and Kota Miyanora versus Ada, BB Hulk, and Big R Shimizu. And then uh, Triangle Gate Championship match. Ben K, Strong Machine J, and Dragon Daya are going to defend against Masato Yoshino, Don Fuji, and Yasushi Konda, which was kind of like set up on like the first, last uh, non uh, King of Gate show. It was like a fuck King of, not King of Gate, Brave Gate, something like that. I don't know. We talked about it on the, on the show. I remember that at least. Uh, DUT is going to air live on Russell Universe on June 27th, their final TV show, which fucking sucks. Like, like I'll give it to DDT. They never say overstay their welcome with uh, TV shows, but yeah. they always they always have the best shit. Like, I, I, I still miss Majimaji so much. That was like the best fucking weekly TV show ever. And then this is basically the same thing, and mm-hmm. really gonna miss it. But the show, the card for that show is gonna be uh, Chris Brooks and versus Daisuke Sasaki for the Universal Title. Tetsuya Endo and Nobuhiro Shimatani versus uh, Naomi Oshimura and Yuki Ueno for the tag titles. Uh, Harashima versus Sego Tachibana. Hideki Okutani, Junakiyama, and Makoto Oshi versus Shuma Katsumata, Takashida, and Yuki, Ueno, Yuki Ino. And uh, Taki Akai, Takaguchi, and Higuchi versus Hiroshi Yamado, Honda, and Naya. Akito versus and Akito and Dino, Dino versus <laughs> Awashi and Harada, which God damn it, yeah, they're gonna steal Tokyo. Go away from me again. Again, I hate this. I hate it here. Uh, Soma and the last match will be Soma and Polly versus Watase and Kago. So looks like a good show overall to me. And then also Gotta Move still doing all their shit. I, <laughs> I haven't watched Gotta Move in forever, but kind of lost my appetite in it after all the Honda stuff, but. Uh, weekly airings impact in AEW. I don't, I don't feel like talking about them after everything that's been going on, yeah, honestly. Yeah, but but yeah, check that them. check that shit on eight if you feel like it. But as far as the um, shows we're gonna talk about, we're gonna start off with New Japan. Uh, kick it off with night one of the New Japan Cup from June sixteenth. Uh, first match of the tournament was Togi Makabe defeating Yota Suji in eight forty one. Uh, it was a really hot start. Suji immediately started off with a big spear to Makabe. Bump number one from Akabe. Suji kept going after him, hitting him with like st- uh, stiff shoulder tackle. Bump number two. Makabe rolled out to ca- uh, catch his breath, but Suji had like gave him no rest at all. The two started brawling outside. Makabe ran into the barricade, ran him into the barricade, then threw his head into the apron, which was uh, oh, that looked painful as hell. Uh, once he got back in the ring, it slowed down a bit, but it was still hard hitting, so can't really complain about it. Honestly, Makabe gave this or Makabe gave this kid way more than I expected him to. Like, I guess, as you noticed, I was gonna, I was gonna do a bit about him, how many bumps he took, but yeah, he gave up. I gave up counting because yeah, I was actually giving this kid a lot, which really surprised me. Kind of figured I'd enjoy this, but I enjoyed it way more than I expected to. Thanks to Makabe uh, trying so hard, but yeah, it was a definitely really fun match. Good, great way to kick off the tournament. Yeah, I was gonna say I enjoyed this one for what it was. It didn't overstay its welcome or anything. Um, I thought Suji just looked absolutely phenomenal here. Um, not to say he hadn't looked 
you know, really good before, but definitely really stood out here. So I think this was kind of a big coming out party for him because I don't know when, you know, they'll decide to be like, yeah, it's time for your excursion, buddy. Um, like he said, I'm pretty surprised that Makabe took so many bumps that he did. Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess there was nowhere for him to go, so he kind of would have to take something. Um, but he actually looked pretty energized to me, too. So I think this time off really did help all of the wrestlers. Yeah, I'll say Makabe, king of the no bump club. Like That's he sits on the he sits on the corner on uh, eight man th six man tags and just doesn't do shit, and then eventually just shows up and hits a, hits a, hits the uh, does he hits and just gets the fuck out of there. We didn't talk about the song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. We, I think we met. Wait, fuck. I think we mentioned on the last show. Whatever. But I think we thought that was just like a blip. But no, like they're just not dubbing his song song anymore. Like we're getting fucking. Uh, Villager song now, and I'm, I love it. Uh, next match was uh, Toru Yano defeated Jado in 907. They decided to throw in Yano's YouTube channel for his entrance video, which I was I thought was awesome. That was great. But uh, the match started with Yano and Jado trying to get the crowd going, which was a it was, it was no yeah, it was, it was no crowd. It was, I don't know. <laughs> it, it was it was a nice, nice little comedy spot, I guess. Yeah. And uh, Yano uh, immediately went to get the turnbuckle again, just like they did in the multi-man tag. From the day before, and face. the two had a face off, like just like the night before, but the rest stole Jada's kind of stick, which gave uh, Yano the chance to hit him with the pad. Jada stumbled around the ring until he just like collapsed, giving Yujiro a chance to hop in and start throwing Yano into the barricade. And but then like that, that all that stuff I kind of enjoyed, but then it's like once they started wrestling, I was just like, uh, no, nah, I'm not into this. It finally ended after Yano was able to get a flash roll up, which. Him needing to get a flash roll on Jado of all people is kind of weird. But, I don't know. Jado's not protected, really, so it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, it was, like, it was, it was, it was just a match. I was going to also add, um, I like that whoever was, like, ringside kept cheering for Yano. And then when Jado was trying to get them to cheer for him, it was just silent again. Um, like you said, I enjoyed the bits where, you know, um, Jado had the kendo stick and Yano had the pad. Typical, you know, just kind of a funny moment. Uh, once the Bullet Club interference really started to kick in, I was just like, well, never mind. It, that's all down the drain now. At least it went under 10, so I can't complain too much. It, it was all right. Don't go in there expecting a technical masterpiece, but I don't think anyone was, so, yeah. The next match was Suzuki Gun, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, Yoshinobu Karamaru, and Zack Sabre Jr. Rip. Defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, Yuji Nagata, and Yuya Uemura in 1327. Overall, it's a fine match. Like it felt a little long, but it doesn't help. It was followed by it followed that uh, Yano and Jado match. Anything following that was kind of gonna get hurt a little bit, I guess. Uh, Suzuki Gun brawling from the start. Good tag work from Zack and Taichi. I love them as a tag team. Like they they work really well together. Like. For one of like one of the bits I did was like Zach would do a did a dragon corkscrew on Tana twice while Taichi like held him in place, which I guess would make it hurt a little more. But I don't know. It looked cool, so I don't really care. Complain. Uh, Suzuki and Nagata were back to killing each other just like they were the night before. But uh, then uh, Suzuki kind of just Suzuki kind of just like took turns wrecking Tana's knee, including uh, Taichi and Suzuki both hitting him in the knee with a chair. Ibushi got in finally and was like getting fired up and. Took out all Suzuki Gun, leaving him and Zack alone in the ring, which had some good stuff from them as usual. Uh, both tagged out, leading to Suzuki and Nagata. Finally in the ring together, which I love that. 
part of the match. That was really fucking good stuff, which compared to later when they finally had their singles match, it pretty much lived up to expectations. Like, them living, like, elbowing the shit out of each other was awesome. Such an awesome, because uh, Suki just, like, laughed at the first one. He was like, you think this fucking hurts me? And, um, but then Uemura attacked him, and he tried his best, but he ended up getting beat by Suzuki, and like I said, yeah, like I said, overall it was a fine match. Nothing to complain about, really, but nothing special. Yeah, it was an alright match. It's your typical, um, New Japan, you know, billion people tag match, so you get what you got. Wasn't bad. Entertaining. Um, I was really sad at first, because they came out to Suzuki Goon's music. Not just Suzuki's, you know, Kaze Ninare. And I was like, well, this is fucking depressing because I really don't like that song. <laughs> but in the, later on, it doesn't even matter. So I don't even know why they did it. Um, but yeah, overall, it was just, it was okay. Poor Umar always ends up getting beat the hell out of him. So one day it won't happen. Post match of this match was really fucking great, though. Oh, like, yeah. Like, Suzuki and Nagata still going at each other like crazy, and fucking Zack was being such a dickhead. I loved it. And then Tano was basically, like, dead. <laughs> and, oh, uh, I love that shit. Uh, next match. Promo Takahashi defeated Tomoaki Homa in 1845. I was just excited to see Homa. Or, not Homa. What? <laughs> I misspoke. I was just excited to see Hiromu in a singles match, like, period, because I really missed him so much. But yeah, this uh, did not start off the best. It was just uh, super slow. So Hiromu did start clapping, trying to get the crowd into it, which was funny to me. And followed that up by running around the entire ring to drop kick Homa into the barricade. But yeah, I don't know what there really is to say about it. The first half of it was the 2020 Homa match. It was slow and boring. And I get why this wasn't a Hiromu match, because Homa can't really go at that level. But I, I didn't need to watch that shit. Get the fuck out. And like. The fucking dude couldn't even hit, like, land a German right, or hit a German right. I thought Hiromu was about to break his neck again. And he did let Hiromu hit a DVD on the apron, which was sick. Oh, and, like, from there on, it kind of got a little good. Like, once he was able to get in the ring and Hiromu took control finally, just stomping on his neck, Homa got up and the two, like, did a really cool strike exchange. And um, Homa missed a Kokeshi. Hiromu went for a time bomb, but... Couldn't, and then received a diving Kokeshi from Homa, which was a really good uh, sequence. Homa went for, and again for a Kokeshi, but this time off the top rope, but Hiromu dodged it, and then he finally able to hit the time bomb for the win, and it was, I don't know, it was a weird match. Really a tale of two halves, and I just, I just don't need to see Homa wrestle anymore. Like, Who? Homa. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt really bad because it was like, like he said, I was super excited to see Hiromu. Um, but it was just like the match didn't do anything for me. I felt kind of weird because it seems like a lot of people liked it more than I did. I was like, uh, am I just tired or something? But no, it really didn't do anything for me. Like he said, I think the first half of it was just a drag to get through. Once they actually, like, when that DVD spot came along, I think it really picked up. But other than that, I really just, I I don't want to see them against each other again and I just don't really uh don't really want to see Homa much more <laughs> this year. Um I guess I did like seeing Hermu kind of play up more as a heel, I guess, because the commentators were so for Homa. I was like, what the fuck? But it is just okay. 
Yeah, it's like I'm I'm kind of surprised how much of a positive response this match has gotten. But I guess people are just willing to forgive boring uh, match beginnings. That's kind of just the what it is. Which yeah, I can't do that. Anymore. But yeah, it's like I. I can do that to an extent, but it's like over like this. I I can't forgive that fucking boring opening. It was it was fucking bad, and I don't know. I still like I, I thought and they people like the like the ending sequence a lot more than I did too. Like I yeah, still thought like I still thought it was really too. good. I think it was really good. It was like good, for, but not great. second half, first half was shit. So at the end, it kind of just goes in the middle. Like yeah. So I don't know. But uh, finally, the main event of this Ooh. night, Tomohiro Ishii defeated. El Desperado in 2017. I was laughing at fucking Despy patting Ishii's head because he was taller than him. That like, was so cute. like Despy, <laughs> like he really, he oh, really kind of towered over. Yeah, he really towered over. Like, honestly, I wouldn't hate it for Despy to just move up to being a heavyweight. But no. yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, that head patting shit just pissed Ishii off, and he started hitting him with elbows. And I loved uh, Despy working over Ishii's leg the whole match to uh, soften him up for his submission finisher. And obviously, since he's Suzuki Gun, that meant a ton of dirty, dirty tactics, like wrapping his leg in the ropes and such. And Ishii kept doing all his power moves all the same anyway, though. And I liked Ishii reversing like the stretch muffler into an e-bar. That was a really cool sequence. Uh, Despy got to the ropes though, and then immediately got him into uh, another stretch muffler. Despy tried to run the ropes and knock out Ishii, but Ishii's just a brick wall. You ain't gonna knock his ass down. So instead, uh, Ishii went to run the rope, so Despy got the ref in the way, which gave him a chance to drop kick Ishii in the knee and go for another stretch muffler, but this time he locked it in better. But still, uh, Ishii escaped. He went for a numero dos, but couldn't hit it. Ishii then just started slamming him around the ring. A uh, long string of forearms from uh, Ishii, but Despy powered through it, only to get knocked the fuck out right afterwards. <laughs> and uh, Despy struck the ref, so he couldn't see uh Ishi- see him kick Ishii in the nuts but and go for a pin and almost got a count for that but Ishii hit him with a backdrop and a sliding lariat and somehow Despy kicked out of that I was really surprised on that that was really great and uh Despy tricked uh, Ishii into running the- into the exposed turnbuckle then hit a numero dos for a two count went for a pinche loco but Ishii kept dodging it Ishii finally hit like the sick head button a lariat for a near fall and then finally he hit the uh Inverted brain buster for the win, and yeah, it was a uh, fucking great match. I nothing to complain about it, really. Yeah, honestly, I had a lot of expectations for this match coming in, and honestly, I think they met them and even maybe went up a little bit. I mean, the match just fucking ruled. I didn't really take much notes besides just saying, yeah, this just fucking ruled. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really, really good matchup. It's really funny, though, because it's like, I was looking up how tall Ishii is, and we're the same height. <laughs> I'm as tall as Ishii, damn it. We're not short. Yeah, I, think, I don't remember when we saw him in Philly at uh, 2300, and he was he was definitely fucking short. Yeah, he was. <laughs> but I don't... It's, like, he, he, he looks fine. Like, he's, look, he's, he's great. He's oh, a fucking brick house. So it doesn't yeah, really fucking yeah, matter. He's like, a brick house. So, he definitely uh, holds himself as a heavyweight. Yeah, overall, night one... Uh, not much to go out of your way to see other than the main event. I still think the opener was good, like we were yeah, just talking about, but really just check out the main event. Then night two of the New Japan Cup from uh, July uh, 17th. Uh, first match was Taiji Shimori defeating Gabriel Kidd in 853, and 
I don't know what really to say about this one. It was kind of just an extended squash. A little bit too extended. Like, it was fine, but it just had me reaching for my phone because it got, I, I just kept, it just kept going. I had no belief that kid had a shot in winning and was really just tidy toying with the kid until he finally decided to put him away. And, and plus there was like a, several botches in the match. It, so it's like, spots. yeah, it's like, you know. Yeah, I was going to say sub 10 minute match, but it somehow felt longer than that. Um, I thought the match was just okay. Uh, not really much to say here. Just it happened. It's it's over with. The next match was Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeating Yuya Aomura in 9:32. Man, that kid took it straight to Kanemaru. Kanemaru, like I loved it. He attacked him from the jump, followed by a drop kicking him off the apron, and then the, they started fighting outside. It's kind of weird seeing a young lion so much in control for early in the match, but uh, Kanemaru took him like like started throwing him into the barricade and kind of like took back control. Like one of the spots he did is like. He, like, jumped off the top of the barricade and hit a double stomp over Uemura, who was, like, draped over the barricade. That, that spot looks fucking sick. And um, from there, Kanemaru was just toying with him. Got him in the tree of woe and started stomping on his head, which is awesome. Uemura still got some offense in. Like, he had this beautiful-looking crossbody, which was in. Then Kanemaru was trying to get his whiskey involved with the ref's hall and took it away, which led to Uemura taking advantage and going for a ton of flash pins. I love that whole flash pin sequence he was trying for. But uh, Kanemaru hit him with a deep impact for the win, and yeah, it was a really good match. I was to say, this is definitely better than the first match. Um, another short one, but uh, I thought it showcased Uemura pretty well. Like you said, he got a lot of offense in, in the beginning for Young Lion. Um, he just looked really good overall. He's looked good since they've come back, you know, just like the past few weeks, but still. <laughs> um yeah, that that springboard crossbody was fucking was fucking beautiful. I thought this was a fun enough match. Uh, the next match was uh, Chaos, Hiroki Yoda, Show Yo, and Yoshihashi defeated Los Ingobernables de Japón, Bushi, Evil, Sonata, and Shingo Takagi in twelve fourteen. Match was fine for what it's supposed to be, but not really that exciting. Just a filler match in between block matches. I like Show and Shingo stuff, but overall, it's a pretty simple of a match. I don't really got a lot to say about it. Yeah, um, typical multi-man tag match. Um, some fun stuff here and there, but overall, it was just kind of okay. Like you said, I think Sho and Shingo obviously had the best uh, interactions here out of everybody. Then the next New Japan Cup match, Yuji Nagata defeated Minoru Suzuki in 2035. Uh, first bit of the match was really just these two like elbowing each other in the neck, which was really fucking cool. Like, that was all I was asking for from this match. Led to this, them doing the same thing, but this time with slaps. Suzuki tried to hit him with a chair, but the ref wouldn't let him. So he hit Nagata with a plastic bucket and then a water bottle. <laughs> he finally got the ref out of the way so they could use the chair. Suzuki then started like twisting Nagata's arm in the barricade, and Nagata barely broke the count to get back in after that. Once back in the ring, Suzuki uh, was beating this dude's ass like he was not here to play games. Nagata caught a kick and... Like that, Suzuki sent at him and took back control, and then just unloaded kicks of his own into Suzuki. And this shit was just hard hitting as hell, and loved it. Was really surprised Nagato picked up the win, but it was a really great first round match. Definitely uh, wanted to go anywhere to see. Yeah, I mean the match was just two dudes just slapping meat, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, what more could you ask for here? This was really fucking good. Like I said, I think I could have just watched them elbow and slap the shit out of each other. All day. Definitely one of the highlights of 
um, the first round for this bracket overall. Uh, like you said, I guess I was kind of surprised Nagata won. I was a little torn between him or Suzuki winning. And I guess I was surprised that Nagata won. But, I mean, can't go wrong with uh, the one blue life that matters winning. Yeah, so I think this is the first match we got wrong so far from what we were picking. Yeah, we were, I think we did pick Suzuki. I think we ended up picking Suzuki. That's because we were cowards. We didn't believe in well, Nagata enough. Believe it. But I saw some yeah. people saying this would have been better with the crowd, but I don't really. I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Like, fine. I think I like them, uh, like being able to hear like the, the slaps and and shit. Yeah. So I, like I I really liked. It. I think it would have been fine either way, but yeah. I don't know. I enjoy, I enjoyed the I enjoyed it being no people. In the main event, uh, Kazuchiko Okada defeated Ghetto in fifteen thirty. Uh, Ghetto came out in a sling, and when removing it, tried to spray Okada with it, but Okada was waiting for it. He knew this play, because I think Ghetto's done it before. He's done this before. So, uh, laid down for Okada to pin him, but instead, Okada stomped him down and just stole his brass knuckles. Okada squared up like he was going to use them. Like, that was, that was fucking funny. He's like, bring it on, old man. I'm here for you. <laughs> How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? man. <laughs> but, uh, from there, it was just Ghetto working over, or, um... But Ghetto still had more weapons. Instead, Ghetto pulled out a wrench and started hitting Okada with it. From there, it was Ghetto working over Okada's ribs with the barricade, a table, a chair, a hammer, probably more stuff. I lost count of all the weapons he was using <laughs> against Okada. Hit him with the brass knuckles, and Okada still t- kicked out. Then he went for a fucking Blade Runner, which I, I, I popped me a little bit. No. <laughs> Jotto came out to distract the ref, but Okada dodged another brass knuckles attack. He then hit Ghetto with a tombstone and then a submission for the win. Uh, the submission kind of, I mean, the match as a whole didn't, didn't really like it that much. But the submission made it, the match even fall even more flat to me because it's weird seeing Okada yeah. use a submission finisher. I was going to say, I didn't write much at all. I was just mad that this shit went until fucking uh, 15 minutes. But I didn't, yeah, I didn't mention the finisher in my notes. That submission was just... No? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of almost like seeing Naito hit that move when he first came back. I'm like, no, this is really strange. I don't I don't want to see I don't want to see Okada do that again. I hope that he just doesn't do that all the time. I want to see a fucking rainmaker, but I guess that's not what we're getting. And then from today, the day we're recording Matt night 3 of the New Japan Cup from June 22nd. This time they actually started off with the multi-man tag. Oh, it was uh, Suzuki Gun, Doki, El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeated Gabriel Kidd, Yoda Suji, Yuji Nagata, and Yuya Aomura in 10:33. It was an opening multi-man tag. Really got nothing to say about it, to be honest. I'm happy Despy got the win at least, but yeah, I, I got nothing for this match. It was fun. Yeah, again, your typical uh, New Japan multi-man tag match, typical opener, nothing to go into detail here. Uh, short enough, I guess, to kick off the show. is It's a good thing. In the uh, first match of the tournament, Sonata defeated Ryusuke Taguchi in 1547. Started with some mad wrestling with them, which is kind of dull, to be honest. Taguchi went for a fist pound again, like he did at the previous multi-man, but this time Sonata... Knew the kick was coming and caught it. Afterwards, Sonata then went for the fifth pound himself. But then they both went for t- kicks and caught each other's. They went to like let each other's feet down, but Taguchi didn't. And he got Sonata in a paradise lock. Or, except not really. <laughs> so, Sonata put him in a real one. 
But uh, yeah, this match was really what I expected it to be. Not very good with some comedy thrown in. We woke up early for this and I was kind of dead still. And this match kind of made me regret the decision to wake up and watch this live. I this this match wasn't it. Yeah, as soon as I saw the brackets and then I and I saw that this was going to be one of the matches, I was like, no, this isn't going to be it. And it's not like I don't like Taguchi or anything. I like both guys, but this just they <clears throat> they don't mesh well together. I think like the best part of it for me was fucking Taguchi putting on um Sonata's tank top at the end and you know kind of pounding his chest like Naito would and lifting up his arm, but that was that was about it. There was really nothing in the match that was exciting or really good at all. Really, it's uh. Damn it! I sound like a Twitter hater. <laughs> yeah, I say really. At the end of the day, it's uh no Sonata takes. The world has progressed beyond the need for Sonata takes, Please. and I'm. I'm so fucking tired of talking about him. But uh, the next match was first round match. Show defeated Shingo Takagi in seventeen oh six, and I wrote a whole lot about this actually. Holy but shit. at the end of the day, now that I'm like thinking about it, now that it's been a couple hours removed, and I don't know if I really like this match that much. Really? I think it was fine. Like, I think it was fine, yeah. but it's like I see people say there's like match of the year level shit, no. or and this is like I don't even, like it. It was good enough. I don't even know if I'm gonna like it. Yeah, I'll say like I don't know. It's I don't know, like uh, I'll go through what I wrote, but I don't I don't even know if I agree with what I wrote <laughs> right now. Like it was a hot start. Uh show took uh Shingo's head off with his lariat. That started off then just like started stepping on his neck on the rope, which is really cool. Shingo knocked him outside so that the two could uh fight out there, including running show into the barricade and this like nasty looking DT spot. Once back in the ring, show took control and He's really focused on taking in Shingo's arm, which, hey, smart man, smart considering the man focuses on the arm work. And I'm going to bring this up later, but that like, they were focusing on shows, or, uh, Shingo's arm, but it didn't fucking even play to the finish at all. Nope. And Shingo didn't even sell it well because he hit a move with his arm and then sell with the other arm. Like, it was such an inconsistent shit for Shingo. Like, I'm not even really a selling person, but that kind of bugged me a little bit. And anyway... The, the two kept blocking each other's arm strikes and injuring each other's arms further until uh, Shingo hit his snap Saito suplex, which was followed by Sho going for like three straight Germans, which was cool, but he going to the last one. I was so confused why Sho was selling his knees after he had like oh, that, that backbreaker so spot. Like, did I miss something or was Shingo like even working on his like leg at all during that? I honestly don't recall him working on his legs. I was like, I was sitting here trying to think, like, did he actually work on his legs at all? I'm like, I don't, I don't really think so. It was basically just his arms, I thought. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, when you hold your knees up, it's on lands on him, it's gonna fucking hurt. But, like, he was telling, like, death. Like, he was saying, like, he'd been working, like, yeah. Like, he was telling it, like, he'd been, someone had been working on it for, like, ten minutes. I'm like, alright. And this just felt like a random slow. Uh, there was a ton more hilarious. Shingo hit a headbutt, which, followed by Made in Japan, which, I like, I like that scene with a lot. But then right after that, you remember to sell his arm. Uh, he had a pumping bomber, but uh, show still kicked out. Finally, show hit a shock arrow for the win, and I don't know, it was, it was good. Like it was, it was decent, good. Maybe I don't know. I don't really don't know how I feel about this match, honestly. And honestly, another thing I want to mention is the show's facials are fucking funny as hell sometimes. <laughs> like, oh my god. Oh my god, his facials are pretty fucking funny. 
I didn't actually like realize that until you just said it. And then I started thinking about like how he looks sometimes during the match. And I'm just like, it's so, it's so good. Um, it is kind of weird that you're saying that, you know, you're cha- kind of changing your mind, I guess, on the match. I thought it was, I thought it was good enough. Um, like I had told him a couple times, I was like, I really think I enjoyed their best of super juniors matchup more. Uh, you know, there's still hard hitting stuff here. Um, nothing, I guess, super offensive, but just the selling, like you said, was really weird. I'm someone that doesn't typically care for that shit either, but I was like, am I this tired that I didn't notice Shingo working on Show's legs, or is he just, or is Show just randomly selling his legs for no reason? Um, like I said, I think it's still worth the checkout. It's just, people were all, people obviously like it more than... <laughs> Than we did anyway, so we were going to check it out regardless. I do think it was the right winner, though. Um, I if there was going to be one, I guess quote unquote upset, I guess this was the one. Yeah, I definitely agree that their best Super Junior match was like miles ahead of this one. I think they're, I'm pretty much positive they're going to do like a never title defense of Dominion, and I think that has potential to be better because. Um, it might be shorter depending on how many title matches they end up actually doing on Dominion, but I don't know. I just this match in particular just didn't really like. I don't know. I, it didn't really hit that as high as I, I as I, I would have expected to. Yeah. I guess that's my problem with it. But I think expectations were pretty high. Yeah. Uh, the next match was Kota Ibushi defeated Jack Jack Saber Junior in fifteen fifteen, and Here we go. what the hell is this Ibushi remix yeah. theme like? The boys' music was perfect. I don't know why you got to mess with it. Because they had to mess with uh, Tana's. So, you know, that, mean, that means Ibushi's going to get some new shit, too. I, I hate this remix so much. And I'm sure people are going to be higher on this match, too, than yeah. I was. But it's just like, I'm so tired of Zach. I mean, like, I I think he's a good wrestler. But he faces the same fucking people. Like, he literally faced Tana, like, seven times last year. Yeah. And he faced, I mean, pretty much faced Ibushi the same amount of times last year, too. And this is like... I get it, but it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just tired of seeing him wrestle the same people, and I don't. Like, I'm. I enjoy Zach, but I'm not as high as, as on him as many people are. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't know. This match was fine, or not fine. It was it was good enough, and but it had, like it pretty much is all Matt worked to start. Was followed with uh, some stick stiff kicks from Ibushi, which Zach eventually reversed into a leg lock, which I thought was that was a good sequence. But Ibo was able to get to the rope. From there, he was back in control and kept blocking any kind of momentum Zach got. He then rolled to the outside, where uh, Ibu tried to kick him from a kick, tried to kick him off the apron, but Zach got him in another leg hold, which I think that might have been a botch a little bit. Yeah. Like I think Zach was trying to like hang off the rope while Ibushi was still in the ring, but they ended up just like falling to the floor. Yeah, I don't know. That was a weird spot right there. Um, this was a hard match for me to like. I don't even know. Like, I thought they worked well enough in the ring for it to be, I guess, considered good. But like you said, I'm just, (laughs) I'm really tired of these two uh, having to wrestle each other all the time. It feels like I see this match almost every other God knows how long. And they haven't even been wrestling in like four months, so what the hell? Um, I guess it's, I don't know. It's, yeah. I guess the only thing that 
I took away from this is that I was surprised that Ibushi won. Of course, because we flipped it. I thought Tana was going to win and Zack was going to win, but eh, that didn't happen. Yeah, so I was definitely really surprised at uh, Ibushi picking up the win here. But yeah, it's like once the remix theme, yeah. I should have been like, yeah. See, once once I I should have realized I'm pretty. They literally told her like right after the match ended, and I was like, "This dude got new music. Why the fuck?" Of course, I should have known he won. He was gonna win. But yeah, I was like, it had some good stuff throughout. Like, um, at one point, Abushi like dodged a drop kick mm-hmm. to the knee by like jumping up and hitting Zach's chest, good. which is cool. But also, like, wasn't he like Zach coming was like behind him so how would you even see zach was coming for a drop kick so like if you think about it too much it's kind of weird but it's still a cool spot so again it's like whatever but anyway either way like it was, it was a good match if you want to check it out check it out but it's not really something i highly recommend checking out i guess then the main event uh taichi defeated hiroshi tanahashi in twenty one fifty one. while tano was making his entrance and was up on the top rope to do like his little pose before the right match started. Taichi just like power bombed his ass. Like, I thought the uh, title was fucking dead after that. I thought he was too. I thought it was about to basically be like uh, Taichi Naito like, 2.0 oh, from like yeah. New Beginning Forever when it took basically when Naito got like, was spent like 15 minutes like going up the ramp, getting taken care of. Like, I thought we were about to get into that. Thankfully, we didn't. But either way, the shit still dragged like hell. Like, once the match started, Taichi rolled Tana to the outside so that Doki could like start working on him. Match is really just a bunch of bullshit with Taichi and Doki doing whatever they can to cheat. Tano was finally able to, like, hulk up and finally made it a, kind of actually a match. But it was still mostly, like, not good. <laughs> like, it was kind of just there. Like, man, like Taichi has the ability to have great matches. We've seen it. But this was kind of just a dud for me. I'm glad Taichi got a clean win, at least. Because, like, if he's going to beat Tana, yeah, I think it hurt to be, like, max importance. It needed to be a clean win. But, God, why did this be 20 minutes? And also, I'm just laughing at people who thought, like, no way in years that Taichi would ever beat Tana. Like, I think we mentioned in the last episode, I was saying, like, I think at this point, I got, I thought Taichi was going to lose here. But Taichi can beat Tana. Like, I don't know why people think that's such a surprising thing. They've been yeah. building Taichi pretty strong in like, the past year or two. Yeah, I really still don't get, like, the whole, you know, I don't want to say Taichi hate, but it's just, like, I... Him beating Tana wasn't, you know, exactly the craziest thing. Yeah, I had Tana winning here, but that's just because I was picking either Ibushi or Zack to win, and yeah, it didn't work out. But um, I just wanted to talk about Tana's um, entrance attire with the whole, like, shiny silver spikes. That was that was the thing. Um, I did like his gear, though. Other than that, uh... <laughs> The way it started was fine. I I liked Tai Chi going after him pretty harsh, but other than that, I just was like, eh, this is just okay. Didn't need to go over 20, but here we are, I guess. I mean, hey, I'm just happy that Tai Chi got the win. Now we get to see uh, Ibushi kick his ass. But uh, that's it for New Japan Cup so far since that's all we got. Yeah, that's all been out since we because we're recording now so we'll talk about the next couple shows next episode probably but uh, let's talk about some noah now 
Uh, we're just going to talk about overall thoughts on the uh, GAC National Tournament. Not going to go too in-depth about it. Overall, I think it was a decent tournament. Not a whole lot of blow-away matches. I think one in particular I thought was really fucking great. But beyond that, it's like just good. I don't think anything goes bad, really. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's definitely something to go out of your way to check out. If you just, I don't like go out of your way to check out, but if you want to kill some time, they're, they're easy shows to blow through. So I definitely recommend checking them out. Uh, we'll start off with the uh, first night of the net tournament from uh, June 19th. Uh, first match was Shuhei Taniguchi defeating Seiya Morahashi in 637. The guy whose name I forgot to fucking remember last week. <laughs> but uh, that was a fun match. I thought, I thought Shuhei looked pretty bomb in this match. But beyond that, I don't know. Good match. Do you have anything to say? Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's like 637. Fun enough opener. Um, yeah. Uh, the next match was uh, Seiki Yoshioka defeating Howe in 12-19. And this is definitely the match of the tournament for me. I definitely would really definitely go out of your way to see what's one on one at least. Like this is definitely one of like probably the best Yoshioka's looked so far in Noah and I thought how delivered as well, so I can't really say anything about mad bad about him either. It's just like that was a really fucking great match. Definitely one of Yoshioka's better uh, singles matches in a little bit, but he hasn't really had a lot of single matches lately, but Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Yeah, I agree. This one was really good. I enjoyed uh the work from both guys. Hal definitely stepped up here, and Yoshioka, you know, he's always good, but I think this, like you said, was probably his best work so far. Uh, next match was uh, Masakita Miya defeated Hajime Ohara in 1446, and again, like, it was a pretty, pretty decent match. Nothing you got way to see, but, you know, that's really nothing else to say about it. You got anything to say? A lot of these I won't have much to say on, because I was pretty fucking tired watching this shit, to be honest. Um... Yeah, I think this one was just okay. I think it probably could have cut some time off of it, but other than it, was, it was just there. Uh, these next two matches, I don't really remember much about them either. So, <laughs> like either of these next two matches, so maybe she'll have something to say about them, but no. I don't really. <laughs> it's uh, Atsushi Kotoge defeated Yoshiki Mamura in fourteen fifteen. Yeah, I might have to go back and watch this one. It was probably pretty good because I like both guys, but I don't know. I, honestly, I don't remember anything about this one. I didn't take any notes. Uh, and then uh, Manabu Soya defeating Kenny Okada. And I don't remember this like at all. It was Soya beating a young boy, yeah, so it's like, I'm not really it. expecting much about it. Uh, next match was uh, Muhammad Yone defeated Rocky Kamamura in 1817. And honestly, this match was funny because Nakajima said he's going to wear boxing <laughs> gloves if Rocky won when won yeah, the whole yeah. tournament. So we missed out on that, yeah, seeing uh, Rocky versus hot. Nakajima boxing it out. <laughs> and then Nakajima would have just started kicking him anyways because fuck the rules. I was gonna say I don't remember anything about this match either, to be honest with you. And uh the last match on the show was Renee Dupree defeated Neo in seven twenty six okay. and this is another match, it was fine. I mean it was like seven minutes. And yeah, it's, like, yeah, it was so seven it's like minutes. what's there really to say about it? Uh the next match was uh, our next show. More stuff more stuff from the tournament from uh June twentieth. Uh Shuhei Tanaguchi defeated Tekio Shioka in eleven twenty six. It's kinda just there for me. Probably looked better. Or Shuhei probably looked better than Yoshioka in the match overall, but I don't know. Either way, it's like it was the match is kind of just there. I don't really, uh, I don't really recall too much because this was by the time we got back yesterday, and I was really tired and really hot. So um, I'll just go with what he says because I don't remember like any of these matches. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go through my thoughts. I think she has a little bit of something on the main event, maybe, but. The, oh, um, yeah. 
The next match was Masaki Tamiya defeated Atsuchi Kotoge in 14 minutes. Another really fucking good match, but it felt a little long to me, even though it was only like 14 minutes. Like it, the, the pacing was kind of yeah. weird for me, but it was still a really good match, and uh, I think Kitamiya was really, really pretty good in this tournament overall. Uh, the next match, uh, Manaba Soya defeated Mohamed Yone Wait. in 12.45, and uh, <laughs> this, this one was kind of fucking boring, not going to lie. Like, it really dragged, so. I, I, I think Soya kind of had, like, the unfortunate side. Well, I guess not unfortunate because, you know, it's pretty easy side for him. Just, like, yeah, I don't really want to watch him and Mohamed and, like, some of the other people he faced. I'm like, that, that doesn't sound exciting to me. I mean, it made Soya look really good, but it's like, I don't care. And the uh, next match was Masakita Mia defeated Shuhei Tanaguchi in 11-12. It was pretty good. It did, it dragged a little bit for me, but it was still very hard-hitting from both guys, and it looked really good. And especially Shuhei, like, I think Shuhei was, like, my favorite part of the tournament. So, he looked really great in this, I think. So, overall, this match was really good. So, you have any you anything or no? Nope. <laughs> Sorry, I don't uh, the, ne- at all. the next match was uh, Manaba Soya defeated Rene Dupree in 1437. And yeah, this match really wasn't it either. Not like I expected it, considering these two. I, like, I really wasn't expecting them to put on a barn burner or anything, but mm-hmm. that's kind of just fine. And then the uh, finals of the tournament Manaba Soya defeated Masakita Mia in 1427. And this is really fu- that's pretty good, actually. Like, definitely Soya's best match of the tournament, because honestly, he kind of disappointed me for most of it. But he delivered well enough here, and I can't complain too much because I mean he had like three matches, two or three matches yeah, on this, two, on this matches. Um, show. So honestly, I kind of expected it, but honestly, I, I thought he delivered enough here, enough to earn the spot in the finals or the spot to earn the title match. I mean, but d- despite a more disappointing tournament from him, I think he delivered in the finals and earned a spot. I was gonna say I thought the main event was actually you know pretty good. Like you said, I'm honestly really shocked that he delivered such a good, uh, such a good match after facing people like two, three times. Um, yeah, like not really much to add off of that. I just is honestly just a good way to close out the tournament. And we'll uh, finish off Noah with talk about their show from June 21st, the uh, going forward night two, and. We're not going to talk about the whole show, just the title matches, because one, 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 we were pressed for time anyway, yeah. but a four-hour Noah show did not sound that appealing <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> and especially considering the Magdalene look show, like, I don't even see another Muda tag. Hugo Miyamoto being on, like, the the Surprise M was pretty neat, yeah, but cool. I still don't need to see the match, though. And the Go and um, Kaito match, like, that, that tag that. match, I definitely want to check it out. We didn't have time for it, unfortunately. So we're, like I said, just going to talk title matches. But uh, one of the title matches, I ain't, I ain't got much to say about it, to be honest. Uh, for the uh, GHC Junior Heavyweight title, Kotaro Suzuki su- su- successfully defended against Kazayashi in 2023. And uh match was kind of fine. It was really, it was just really slow and dragged like hell. A crowd might have helped this match a lot. Or at least had me more invested, because they would have probably, they would have been hyping up each guy. But I don't know. I just never, it never felt like it really got going. Suzuki certainly tried. I, I'll give him that. But, and then, like, really, like, the main thing I brought, like, came away from this match thinking is, like, Kaz really almost ate shit on this one dive early in the match. Like, I, Suzuki barely caught him. I don't know if it was, who was fault for that, but, like, I thought he was almost, he really almost ate shit for that. 
Yeah, so this was a match that definitely um happened, I guess. Like you said, I definitely think Suzuki tried. Like, I, you know, I give him all the props in the world. It's just, it never really, it never really got anywhere for me. It just kind of stayed at one level, and then it just kind of coasted. You know, it felt like the t- longest 20 fucking minutes ever, but, I mean... Hey, hey, I'm getting fucking Yohei getting a title shot, so I'm not too fucking mad. As long as this fucking ends this fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, I should mention that after this match, uh, Suzuki was challenged by Yohei, but also that uh, Rattel's challenged Stinger for the tag titles. Or former Rattel, whatever. I don't fucking know. What, but, whatever but, it's fucking called now. Nothing. I, I just don't understand the junior scene in Noah. Yeah. Like, I've, I've been following Noah since 2018-ish. 2019, really. She's pretty much just started watching Noah this year. and But everyone always tells me, it's like, oh, Stinger and Rattels is forever, basically. But it's like, that's really all it's fucking been. And I don't understand why they have, like, the Sugira Gun Juniors and Full Throttle now yeah, when they're the when they're not point? doing, like, anything. Like, I don't, I don't get the point. And I got, because Yohei's probably going to win the fucking title and then he's going to challenge, and Hayato's going to challenge him and then it's like more, it's more the same. More the same and I don't know. And I know, I know you really don't, I know you don't like his at all. It seems no. like, but I, I, I'll have to pick out some matches for you to watch of his because he's good. I, at least he was good at least at the very least. Like he's, <laughs> I, I think he's a really good tag wrestler. Like he definitely highlight, he's more highlighted, especially lately as a tag wrestler. Like, Team 246 is, like, one of my favorite tag teams. I mean, a good portion of that is because Shiji Kondo is fucking a beast. But Hayashi definitely carries his own in that tag team as well when they were still a thing. So, I'll have to pick some matches for you to check out. Oh, so, maybe you won't maybe you won't hate Kaz as much as you do. I don't really hate him. I just don't care. But, uh, let's get into some good wrestling. Uh, the GFC yeah. national title match. Katsuhiko Nakajima successfully defended against Manabu Soya in 28-20. Nakajima, of course, started off stalling early on, as he always does, getting out of the ring and just walking around. Started off slow with some headlocks, but they didn't overstay the welcome with him. Nakajima tried to kick Soya in the head, but he ended up just eating some forearms. Nakajima was getting the manhandled pretty bad early on, honestly. Like, he tried to get some shit in, but it was really just all Soya. Nearly got counted out, but when he rolled back in, Soya just started stomping his ass out, which is awesome. Nakajima took back control, and the guys like were like brawling outside. He was like slamming Soya into walls, posts, barricades, everything imaginable. Then he got him back in the ring and was doing his typical dickhead shit, like the boots in the corner spot while he's hanging on the ropes. The pace of this match is pretty great, actually. Like it hit 15 minutes, and I was really shocked at how much it had flown by. Like honestly, the entire match, like it. It was very well paced out. Well yeah. uh, Soya hit a Oklahoma Stampede off the top rope. At least I think that's what it was. That's what the commentary <laughs> made it sound like it was. I don't know. I'm bad with move names. But uh, Nakajima was in the corner preparing to finish off Soya. But then he was ended up being on the receiving Ooh. end of this like nasty Larry. That was, it was ugh. And then he had like this. They had this uh, strike and kick exchange. was really awesome. Soya hit a uh, DVD. But Nakajima kicked out. Then a package pile driver from Soya, and then another kick out. He was going for his uh, King Clock Lariat shit, but uh, Nakajima kicked out, kicked him in the chest and landed a German on him, only for Soya to no-sell it and Lariat the shit out of him again. He tried to do his double Lariat spot, he always does, 
again. But then uh, Nagajima reversed it with this disgusting looking poison rana. Like, he dropped him straight on his fucking head. It was, uh, it was gross. And uh, then he hit a vertical spike, but then finished the match there. Then he uh, started kicking the shit out of him again and then hit another vertical spike for the win. And yeah, this, this match is fucking awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, this match was just fucking awesome. He went in all the technical shit. But <laughs> I just really had a good time watching this shit. I thought Soya looked really great. Obviously, you know, Nakajima looked awesome as usual. What, there's nothing else to be expected from him now. So, uh, But I was just so thankful that it was paced so fucking well. Because I read the time first and I was like, oh my god. Almost 30 minutes. And I don't want to be a stickler for time, but with these no people fan or like no people shows, it's like I kind of, kind of am. But this was honestly like the fastest fucking like almost thirty minute matches. So I applaud them for getting the pacing, um, so on point. But yeah, those last few minutes, which is, were just brutal. This was just such a fucking awesome match. They they just ruled. Um, I can't wait to see who Nakajima is going to defend against next because we don't really know that either right now. <laughs> My hope is that he's going to defend against Kotoge. Oh, or at least sick. one of the full throttle guys. At least give them something to something new, something to fucking do. Please. I'd, I'd love to see them do another junior defense. Mm -hmm. And if we're going for junior defenses, there are really ones that are free right now. I mean, you could even do like I mean, I don't really, I don't know if I really want it, but you could have Kaz challenge him again since no. he beat him back in March in Wrestle One. But I don't want it no. really. But honestly, like Kaz has been or uh, Nakajima has been one of my favorite guys this year so far. But this this match kind of even like even solidified it even more. Like probably like one of my like top five guys this year, honestly. And I said it on Twitter, but this is probably like Soya's best match since he faced Oshino back in March 2018. So basically, his first. One of his best matches since in like two years. I think yeah, I had you watch that match, the one with Ashino, and like I'm kind of <laughs> I I think that Ashino match is probably still better, but this match still fucking rolled, so I can't really like it. It was awesome. But yeah, that's uh it for Noah. Next, we're gonna talk about some DDT, DDT TV show number seven from June twentieth. Uh, opening match was a singles match. Hideki Okatani defeated. Higo Nakamura at 659. I really thought this was the best Okatani's look thus far in DDT. His transitions into holds and counters were really, really smooth in this. And he was hard hitting as well. Felt like Higo really led the match. And he did really well in that role. So I gotta give him props for that. But DT must be really high on Okatani having him pick up the win here. Like if I was ranking them, I'd probably definitely put Kago above him. Yeah. But part of that's because Kago excels so much at comedy. And in DDT, that's a big part of the promotion, so you kind of have to be good at both. Probably even actual wrestling, I'd probably put him above Okatani, but Okatani still hasn't got much of a chance to shine. Like, really, this is, like, the match he's had where he's able to, like, put his working boots on and actually work with someone who he could actually kind of be dominant over at least portions of the match. But, uh, so they uh, clearly like him, and maybe as the more uh, serious role, similar to how Takashita is. Takashita's good at comedy art. Obviously, too, which we've mentioned in the past, but he seems to be more in like that likeness. Yeah. He's more like serious wrestling rather than comedy wrestling, which is fine. But I would like to see more of him in uh, comedic roles too, as well. Yeah, I I don't think we've really seen Okatani have like more of a funny role, I guess, because you know we've seen Kago in plenty of it, and he's just he's fucking great with comedic and you know the actual serious wrestling. 
So, yeah, watching this, I definitely feel like they're super high on Okatani, which is fine because I like him too. I like both of these guys. It's just, I think like you, I just prefer Kago still right now, but I think I still need to see more from Okatani overall. But I thought the match itself was was decent enough. The next match was a DT Iron Man heavy metal weight title delayed <sighs> entry battle royale. Antonio Honda defeated Dante Godino and Mao and Watase, Shinya Aoki, Shinma Katsumata, and Yuki Onaya. And that was just whatever. Honestly, it was like probably one of the weaker um one of the weaker shows. Well not even show, it's like they 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 do these like Iron Man battle royales every now and then or like pretty frequently anyway on big shows and this is probably like one of the weaker ones they've done in a little bit. And like it was just really whatever and I still don't really fuck with Honda anymore, so him doing his going shit doesn't really hit the same as he used to. And there were multiple emanations while he was just on the mic talking after he got injured his leg like he always pretends he's injured. Including uh, Mao and Shuma just eliminating themselves being dumbasses. So Honda ended up picking up the win because they just eliminated themselves. And yeah, matches was whatever. And then after the match, Dino rolled him up again during his speech and got the belt right back. So it didn't really matter that much. Yeah, it's another one of these things where it's like, you know, Honda wins and then Dino gets it back. So they're just trading it back and forth. Not like it really fucking matters with this belt. But yeah, the match was just kind of there. I don't, I honestly don't remember like much of what happened besides Honda just sitting there talking. And it's like at that point, I just don't really care because I don't, I still don't uh, fuck with him, I guess. So it's just kind of like, all right. Then you saw Mao and Shuma take each other over, so I was like, oh, okay, toy. Um, yeah, I guess not really much, not really much there for me. The next match was a six-man tag team match. All out, Agito, Konosuke Takashida, and Yuki Ino defeated Disaster Box. Kazuki Harada, Naomi Yoshimura, and Toru Iwashi in 1057. First of all, Fuck Toru Iwashi. Stop interrupting Harada's fucking music. I want to hear Tokyo Go. It's been too long. And this is like literally like the second time we've got a chance to hear to listen to it. Again. And he gets interrupted again. I know. Um I, Harada just keeps getting fucked over by Iwashi with uh their entrance music. I just want to hear Tokyo Go. Just just leave me alone. Just just let it happen. Sandstorm rolls out, so I can't really yeah, complain too much. But too. yeah, uh, this was some good shit. Uh, I I got no idea what Takashi and Harada were like doing, but it was dumb and I loved it. Um, like forgive me if Harada has like a, his own name for it, but Harada like had like four people in fucking Paradise Locks, and once he he did that, he started doing Tokyo Go, while Eno started running the ropes while Harada was just like doing the shit, and eventually, um. Yeah, you know, just speared him and picked up the win, and I don't know, this is a great ending. The match was just stupid. I loved it. Yeah, the match was just stupid fucking fun. I absolutely loved that um, spot with Harada and, you know, running back and forth. I was just like, what the hell are these two idiots fucking doing? Uh, I think it was just a really fun time, really fun matchup with uh, a bunch of really great guys. Next match was single uh, singles match. Yuki Ueno defeated Matt Pauly 905. And uh, it was something. I don't know. Match ended up with DQ when uh, Nobu got involved, but yeah, it was just, it was just there. 
yeah, I think uh, I don't know who was really invested in this one, but it it was just there. I was just glad to see Nobu, I guess, with his hair a different color for like the eighty billionth time. But uh, let's go to the next match, a uh, singles match. Junakiyama defeated Makoto Oishi in ten twenty. I fucking love this shit. Oishi's one of my favorite DTIs, honestly. Like he's great in ring when he wants to be, but he's and he's just great in comedy shit as well. Like he's like the perfect DT wrestler, really. And uh, this match is more of the former as far as like in ring stuff. Like his mat wrestling is really fucking good, and his selling here especially was awesome. Akiyama looked like he was like killing this dude. <laughs> he kept going. Uh, Oishi kept going after June's knees as his main focus, but obviously it didn't work out for him. <laughs> but I appreciated the focus on leg work from Oshi either way, and I don't know this is a really fucking good match, and got some good things coming out of this match either way, but yeah, I love this match. Yeah, I was going to say, this was honestly really, really good. Um, good length, good pace. Uh, like you brought up, Oishi is honestly so good at both uh, the comedic stuff and just wrestling in general. So it's like, I kind of wish he had more serious opportunities, I guess, because I don't feel like we see enough of that. In DDT, but I mean, I can't really complain either way. Um, like he kind of brought up uh, after the match, All Out came out, so we're kind of getting like a Akiyama goon, I guess. With fuck, who is everybody? Obviously, Akiyama, Watase, um, Okatani. I can't fuck. I can't remember everyone. There's one more person, I think. It was uh, Akiyama, Oishi, Watase. Okay, it was Oishi. I was missing. Uh, Keigo and Okatani. Yeah, yeah. So basically all the young boys, Watase and Oishi and hell yeah, let's go with that and this shit better fucking lead the Watase gun, man. Damn it. Give me that boy please, make that boy a fucking leader please, of faction, let's go. He said it. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, this end game better just be Watase gun because that's that's all I asked for, please. Uh next match was a tag match. Damnation, Dice Case Sasaki and Summit Scout defeated. Chris Brooks and Harashima in 1036. It was decent. Harashima's probably like the best part of it, really. It was alright, but it just felt way longer than 10 minutes to me, and I don't know, I just never got that much into it. Yeah, I'm I'm glad it was at least like 10 minutes. It was it was just, it was alright. Again, like you said, Harashima was probably the best part of this stuff, but I mean, that's not a surprise. Harashima's just so fucking great. Um, It was weird, though, to me, that Sasaki made Brooks tap out. I was like, I hope this isn't leading to what I think it is. But I mean, I guess afterwards, Brooks did get the upper hand. So I don't know if he's going to win the title back next week or not, or this week. Whatever. I'd probably bet on Chris winning the title back, honestly. <laughs> and then it'll be back to uh, Damnation with only uh, Endo with one belt. No. No. I, mean, I, I, say, I hope, they, I hope they win the tag belt, but you know, it's, they're about to get his ass killed. But speaking of, but the uh, main event uh, for the KOD six man tag team titles, Eruption, Kazutaguchi, Sakiyakai, and Yukio Sakaguchi defeated Strong Hearts or Damn Hearts, Alinda Menti Hawk and Tetsuya Endo in 1816. It started off with Saki and Linda, but Linda like immediately tapped, tagged out to T-Hawk. I felt like the theme of the match was really Saki trying to prove she wasn't the weak link of Eruption, which obviously she wasn't in this match. Like she took punishment for T-Hawk, but she really laid it in on herself. Herself with uh, seeing the pictures of T-Hawk's chest after this match, like 
Yeah. It looked it looked really bad. <laughs> like um, obviously the rest of the eruption was involved. Like Sakaguchi was killing some people in this. Same for Kaguchi. Like Lindemann wanted none of that man. <laughs> but uh, I really think uh, Saki's story is really the most important thing about the match. Like she took some chops from T Hawk, and if you've seen people after his chops, it ain't, it ain't nothing to fuck with. You don't want to. You really don't want to take some no. chops from T Hawk and. It was fucking great. Like, had some Higuchi and Endo shit, which was good, because those two were fucking great oh. together. And it had me hoping for a title match down the road with those two, so we'll, hopefully we get to that. And uh, Higuchi and Saki tag team moves roll. Like, I think Eruption had some really great tag team moves, so I'm I'm really excited for them just having the belts and having some great matches. But uh, using this setup for Higuchi to get the finish was fine. I, my girl... Like, I, I think I really w- kind of wish uh, Saki had gotten the pin. Yeah. But uh, either way, my girl proved she belonged, and that's all that mattered in the end. And she won her first belt in DT, and I'm, I'm so happy for Saki. Like, won her first belt, and it was a great match, so there's really nothing to bad to say about it. Yeah, Saki was my MVP here overall. I mean, everyone did well, I think. So it's really hard to be like, oh, yeah, one person did. You know, it was, like, the best, but... You know, she had the backbone of the entire match, you know, proving to everyone that, you know, she belongs in Eruption and that she's one of the strongest members. They're all strong members. Um, She didn't really take a beating in this match, though. (laughs) So I did feel for her there. I'm I'm sure she was feeling it the next day. Um, I honestly, obviously I want Indo and Higuchi because I thought they worked well here again, like usual. But honestly, I thought Endo and uh, Sakaguchi worked really well. And so that's something else that I want down the road. Um, overall, it's just it's really fun match, really physical match. Everyone worked well together. Definitely a highly recommended match. Oh, yeah, I love Sakaguchi, too. Like, um, when Endo first had the belt, that title match he had against Sakaguchi fucking ruled. I love that shit. And then speaking of, like, Endo's title matches from last his last reign, like, I loved Oishida challenge him, too, because that match fucked. I love that shit. Like, it was, like, one of my favorite matches of his reign. But yeah. Overall, this is probably, like, the weakest DT TV show up to this point. Like, on, like, honestly, the only recommended match really is the main event. Everything else is pretty skippable overall, which sucks, but either way, the main event fucking rules, so at least check that out. But, uh, Get on to our last topic of the show. The uh, Big Japan show from June 21st. I really wish I could have watched the show live. But we were back home like we were mentioning. So didn't really get a shot to. But because uh, shout out to Robert. Uh, he was uh, streaming this shit live. And I, I caught a little bit of it live. But I wasn't really paying much attention. Because more of a refreshing Twitter and discords. And watching all this sex pass shit. But. Either way, like, now that I, I still kind of watched this unspoiled. I didn't really know who won each match. I think I know who, I think I knew who won the main event, but I didn't know how or when or how long it went and shit like that. So, for the most part, we watched this unspoiled. I know you weren't really paying much attention to it, because I kind of sprung this on you that we were going to watch the show. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea what was really going on. I saw some gifts here and there, but that was about it. Yeah, because originally this wasn't on the docket, but then I've, I was seeing people talking about it, and I was just like, especially the main event, 
And I was like, no, we gotta fucking watch the show, because we it sounds like a ruled, at least the main event, and main event definitely fucking delivered, I'll tell you that, but we'll get to that in a minute. We'll start off with the first match of the show, which was a false count anywhere match between Minoru Fujita and Masa Takahashi defeated Yuko Miyamoto and Kakura Hoshino in 941. Uh, that's pretty fun. Miyamoto brought a bat and was just really trying to kill fuckers with it. Then later, he was, like, smashing Takahashi's fingers into the ladder, which was nasty looking. But then he was, like, like throwing gasoline containers at people. And it was just, like, I don't know what the hell he was doing. And, uh, Fujita and Miyamoto kept reversing tombstones on each other, which is cool looking. They worked their way up to the, the balcony the venue had, which I guess was legal for counts. Because <laughs> the ref was counting. And uh, Vegeta hit a tombstone and Hoshino up to pick up the win here. And uh, I don't know what else to say. It was, it was pretty stupid, and I loved it. It was fun. Really fun opener. Yeah, I thought it was just fun opening stuff. Um, you know, stupid, fun. I mean, stupid fun is the best kind. So I really enjoyed this one. Not much really else to say. Uh, the next match was Yuji Okabayashi, Tatsuhiko Yoshino. And Kota Sekifuda defeating Ryuji Ito, Bramashu, and Brahma K in 10:39. Uh, match fine. Been watching a few Rona shows with Brahmins on them, but I was kind of shocked this was the first show where they abandoned the hazmat suits. So that was kind of funny, but and it was just dumb because like at one point, us uh, um, dude was in a hold, and then Sekifuda came out and was like trying to like crawl, like explain to him how to crawl out of the ropes, <laughs> which is really funny. Instead of just breaking up the hold. For his opponent or for his teammate, and uh, I'm really confused why Okabayashi pulled his trunks down randomly. Like, I just I don't know, but we saw Okabayashi's ass, and um, that's enough, I guess. And of course, safety first, we got a mask, a mask over Okabayashi's ass, but yeah, I was like, it was it was kind of just a match, but it had some weird, giveable moments, I guess. I was going to say, fine enough in itself, I still had enough fun with the damn shit. Yeah, with Okabayashi's ass, I'm like, I think he needs to take um some tips from Indo. You know, if you're planning on pulling your own pants down, maybe tan your ass. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's not a spot that I, def- I-, I never thought I'd see, I guess. But when you were telling me about it, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, what about his ass? <laughs> Yeah, I saw, like, a half a dozen people, like, of posting pictures of Okabayashi's ass, and I was like, alright, let me, uh, check out that match, I guess. <laughs> uh, the next match was a street fight. Ryushi Kawakami and Hideyoshi Kamatani defeated Daisuke Sakamoto and Drew Parker in 1039. It was a pretty fun match. A uh, ton of blood, even though it wasn't a death match. <laughs> like, the dude fucking was gushing blood from the beginning. And not only did he bleed, he was getting his ass kicked early on, but he was able to turn it around... By a uh, headbutt Sekimoto through a chair, which was sick, so that uh, he could tag in Kawakami. Sekimoto and Drew were a really fun tag team. Like they did like backpack elbow on Kawakami, which looked cool as shit. But yeah, match fun is really fun, so I can't really complain about it. Yeah, I'll say um, definitely some fun. Definitely surprised that there wasn't. You know, I mean. Definitely surprised that there was so much blood, especially at first. I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, where'd you even start bleeding from? Um, yeah, I thought it was just overall a fun match. 
Yeah, I think they do like a hit with a table or something, and then like yeah, started gushing or something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what, how he got cut open, but he was gushing shit. Like he had a full like face mask of blood. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was crimson. But uh, uh, the semi main was uh, Yasufumi Nakanoe and Akira Hoyoto defeated Daichi Hashimoto and Takaho Takuho Kaikato in thirteen twenty three, and uh, match there. I thought Hyoto was really trying hard, and he was probably like the highlight of the match for me. Yeah, the overall the match didn't really do much for me. I don't know what the hell Daichi's doing with that facial hair. Christ. Yeah, Daichi's facial hair is just—it's a big no for me. <laughs> um, like you said, I—I I don't think it really ever got to the levels of really good for me. So it was just—it was just okay. Um, not not a whole lot to say about this one either. But uh, lastly, let's get to the main event. Uh, three-way, 567 fluorescent light tube death match. Oh. Before we talk about that, I guess I completely skipped one of the matches. It was, uh, Yusuke, uh, it was before the street fight. It was uh, Yusuke Konama defeated Kosuke Sato in 834. But I don't know. I don't have much to say about it yeah. anyway. Like, I thought Sato looked really good, especially. And I really liked the finish with uh, Konama was, like basically about to fall asleep to like this... Um, Sleeper hold, but then he just like flipped over and pinned Sato, so that was cool at least. But yeah, I don't got much to say about the match. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought it was a quick, you know, decent enough match. Um, I like that Sato was so mad he was trying to beat up Kadama afterwards, but I'm just like, you should have done your job. You should have known that there was a possibility he's gonna flip you over. But yeah, good enough match, I guess. I said, and then before I was interrupted, I'm talking about the main event. Shut the hell up, you missed a damn match. <laughs> I know, I'm, yeah, I'm stupid, let me look. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the main event was a three-way, a 567 fluorescent light tube death match. Toshiyuki Sakuda defeated Ab- Ab- Abdullah Kobayashi and Yuki Ishikawa in 1731, and God's match fucking ruled. Like, I liked uh, the ring jacket Sakuda wore. I don't think he's wore that before. Not that I've, no. Not that I've noticed. Yeah, and uh, them young boys were smart to uh, double team Abby before he even got in the ring. With all the light tubes there, they started to uh, get a slight fog into the arena, like light tube fog. A little, uh, like a little. It's a little bit of a fog, but it got even worse. Once Abby ran out, they went back to like double teaming him, and he, but he laid them both out. By then, it was getting so damn hard to see. Like, they were, like, grabbing light tubes and just throwing them at each other. It was awesome. <laughs> I love that shit. And, uh, eventually, like, Abby, like, ran out of shit and was, like, just trying to go after them. Like, just with all the dust around, like, their their lungs are, they gotta be coated with, like, light tube dust. It's It was so hard that, like, the cameras couldn't even, like, pick up shit. It was, yeah. it was so bad. <laughs> but, uh... Abby started, like, headbutting them with light tubes, like, twice, and then, like, karate chopped Ishikawa in the back over top light tubes, which looked awesome. Then, like, continued with, a, like, an elbow drop on the light tubes on Ishikawa. Sakuda jumped back in and started ramming Abby's head through light tubes, and then through, the, like, the post that was holding the light tubes. Like, and then, uh, Sakuda hit this dive, but while he was catching his breath, Abby came by and was like starting to stab him in the head with broken light tubes and Sakuda grabbed his 
like Ishikawa like basically like woke up and was like trying to like suplex Abby into like this pile of light tubes. Like it was like a kind of a square formation kind of light tubes. So Sakuda came by and grabbed his like baby doll head saw stick thing, started digging it into Abby's head, and then both him and Ishikawa like suplexed Abby into the pile of light tubes. Sakuda got Abby back in the ring and was just like rolling him around in the ring and broke glass, which uh get kinda like getting him into position to like hit this move off top rope. Like he was gonna like go up to the balcony above, which I mentioned we mentioned earlier. But Ishikawa came up and basically like stopped him and they ended like they brawled a little towards more onto the balcony. And they just started like beating the shit out of each other with light tubes. But eventually, like, Sakuda got knocked out, and Ishikawa, like, jumped back down to the main ring. And him and Abby were, like, kind of fighting and shit, and they got up to the top rope. So, then Sakuda woke up, and just, like, threw a pile of light tubes at them. And then he had, like, this crazy spot on, on Abby. Like, the camera work on that spot was fucking beautiful. Yeah, but whatever you hit, like, it looked awesome. But then once Abby was, like, kind of out of commission, he, like, did the skewer spot he always does, which I got to give him props to that that move. I, I love that move. It's, like, it's disgusting, but it's also, like, safe. Like, it's something that'll probably heal pretty quickly. Like, it's just, like, basically like a piercing through your cheeks. Uh-huh. So, probably heals pretty quick. I'm sure it fucking hurts like hell, obviously, but it's, like, probably, like, more one of the more safe deathmatch moves. But... Yeah, he hit the skewer spot on Ishikawa and, like, punched the spear into the turnbuckle so Ishikawa couldn't, like, move. And then he got Abby back in into position, hit a fucking um, Firebird Splash for the win, and our boy uh, Sakuda picked up the win here, and this was, like, easily one of my favorite matches of the year. Like, I don't know if I'm, I'd call it my match of the year, really. It's up there for sure. Like, my match of the year right now, for different reasons, is this match, Takashita and Yoshihiko, and Go and Fujita. Like, they're all different kinds of matches, but they're all fucking great, and, like, some of the best shit I've seen all this year, and if nothing else, this is definitely, like, the best death match I've seen all fucking year. But there haven't been a whole, yeah, there haven't, there haven't been a whole lot of death matches, lot. but either way, like, this is definitely something you need to go out of your way to see. Yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head with just about everything there. Um, the match was fucking phenomenal. I just just had a really, really good time overall watching it. Um, I always love watching uh, Sakuda when I can. Um, I'm trying to think what else, really. The whole fucking blood gushing thing. I, <laughs> I don't even know how I watch death matches when blood freaks me out. But that just... That just had me fucking, oh, I was like, it was so gross. But, no, overall, the match was uh, really, really good. Really great. Really good stuff. If you like this kind of stuff, I guess, you should probably check that one out. Yeah, I didn't even mention, like, after the match, after a while, he was oh, celebrating. Sakuda was, like, fucking, like, holding up, holding, up his, holding up his arm and, like, like, gushing blood out of his arm into his own fucking mouth. Like, fucking sick, fucking that shit's, fu- yeah, that shit's sick, fucking... Oh my god, I love this fucking dude, man. Like, I still think I'm more. I, I still think Takeda is probably like my favorite deathmatch wrestler, but mm-hmm. Sakuda is fucking up there. Like, he's he's definitely my number two, and he's he's definitely on his way to trying to topple Takeda. But 
honestly, it's probably like my favorite death match since like a lot of the Takeda matches during his reign. Like, if you if you're into deathmatch wrestling, you definitely gotta fucking go out of your way to see this. And honestly, like, I don't think they would have been able to have a match like this in front of fans. So, no, as far no. as like, cause of, cause of the balcony and all that shit and all the light tubes, dust, like, uh, but if we're getting uh two good benefits out of all these no people shows, it's this match and going Vegeta. So definitely go anywhere to see this if you're able to deal with the blood. I understand some people can't. But uh I think that's it for us this week as far as like shows we're gonna talk about. We did get a couple questions through Discord, so I'll talk about them real quick. Which one of the questions I didn't we didn't mention it earlier, uh Welka was asking, Will Saki beat Mako? Or is Mako beating Saki? And if so, are they setting up Senjo versus Eruption? And he also wanted to mention, you should know that me asking, will Saki beat Mako, was with begging voice and puppy eyes. I want her to win so badly after watching the show yesterday and even the post-match presser. And unfortunately for you, I I think Mako's going to win. Which we should mention, like, uh, Mako's going to be the last opponent for um, Saki's series of matches. which. Which I think we kind of all expected, to be honest. But I think they're going to have uh, Mako pick up the win here, and they're going to set up Eruption versus Senjo, and it'll probably be fucking better than All Out versus Senjo, which is a high bar to pass because I thought that feud was great. But DT's delivering really well with these uh, feuds so far this year between the All Out versus Yoshihiko, and then potentially this, because I think this um, Senjo versus Eruption match, or Siri series of feuds is going to be really fucking great, so I'm hyped for that, but yeah, I think uh, Mako definitely going to pick up the win here. Yeah, I'm with you. Even though myself, personally, I'd like to see Saki get that win, but I think it just it would make more sense if they want to go down the line of doing a Senjo versus Eruption. I could see Saki picking up a win over Mako in, in during that feud, say, yeah. but at least as far as his first match, I think Mako's definitely going to win. Yeah. And then uh, from Mark from Discord, should Yuji Nagata win the New Japan Cup and beat terrible Tetsuya? And I mean, Tetsuya ain't drawing like shit. Like, look at all the no people in the in the stands. Like, he, <laughs> yes. like Naito was like the worst drawing IWGP champion in history. Like, anyone should beat him, honestly. But no, nah, like, obviously Nagata ain't fucking winning. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it, honestly. Like, I'd I love, I'd love to see Nagata versus Naito, if honestly. Yeah, give Nagata another fucking run real quick. Like it fucking matters because night or um, what the hell is they're gonna sell out Dominion regardless of who yeah. what the fucking match is. So hell yeah, let's go with let's Nagata. Better than fucking uh Okada and Sonata final again. And uh, I don't, um, don't want to see that again. Promo wait, wait <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's it for questions. Go for the uh. Match of the week, a little bit of a shorter list compared to last week. Thank God. Uh, Shoto Oshino yeah. versus Jiro Kirashio from the Ikemen Produce from June 10th. Kujidoi and Sego Tachibana versus Yusuke Kodama and Daisuke Sakamoto from that same show. Tomohiro Ishii versus El Desperado from New Japan, June 16th. Monaro Suzuki versus Nuji Nagata from New Japan, June 17th. Shingo Takagi versus Sho from New Japan, June 22nd. Hao versus Seki Yoshioka from Noah, June 19th. Manabu Soya versus Masakita Mia from Noah, June 20th. 
I didn't even put this on the list, but um, Manaba Soya versus Katsuhiko Nakajima from Noah, June twenty first. I completely forgot that that's on the list. Wait. And uh, Abdul Kobayashi versus Toshiyuki Sakuda versus Yuki Shikawa. Hello. From Japan, Big Japan, June twenty first. What the hell is Dan Hart's interruption? Okay, I didn't have that either. Shit. <laughs> My God, what the hell is he doing? I gotta make the damn notes. Yeah, I say I, I I gotta have her do all the no, do all the heavy lifting. <laughs> but yeah, um, damn hard for disruption. Saki Akai, Yukio Sakaguchi, Kazusada Higuchi versus T Hawk, Alindaman, and Tetsuendo from DT June twentieth. But yeah, that's the uh, best shit that we've watched this week. So definitely check all those matches out if you're interested. Next week, we'll be discussing the rest of the New Japan Cup that airs up to that point. DDT's TV show number 8. All Japan from June 25th. I think that's going to be the main targets, topics, but I'm sure we'll probably talk more. So, uh, check out those shows and uh, come back next week to hear our thoughts. And uh, send us any questions on Discord. And I can't believe I've waited until just now to mention, but we started our own Discord. So, Yay! if you want to hop into that, uh, I'll drop a link in the description, but uh, check that out. And uh, hopefully we can uh, build a little bit of a community going. So we'll see how that goes. But come talk to me. Yes, I come. Yes, I Caitlin <laughs> made a Discord just for this. So definitely come talk to her. But like I said, ask us any questions about this or anything else going on and all the wrestling shit. Hopefully it's a little calmer next week. But but uh, if you want to follow the pod, you can do so. Add one wrestling pod. Follow Caitlin at Taking Time Boss. You can follow me at ASPIR underscore. Follow the rest of one English archive at W1 underscore ENG. And follow our friends at Progate at Progate. But uh, that's it for us this week. Hopefully you enjoyed listening. And we'll see you next time. See you next time, everybody. <laughs>